The following program is intended for mature audiences. Who are you trying to get crazy with this scene? Don't you know I'm local? Hey everybody, it is Sports and Beer with Friends of the Holiday Weekend Edition. This should just be our theme song. You think we just, because we're insane in the, in the membrane? We're screwing around with other music. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we did have the... Um, we, shoddy Low, we come did, on! On the last show, we did kind of use the Shoddy Low, uh, They Know, They Know, as our, uh, as our kind of uh, default theme song, so we could do that again maybe, but this week... That is, well, that's Cypress Hill. Don't you know I'm local? Don't you know? <laughs> and that's off their Black Sunday album from 1993, some 24 years ago. Dude, they're so good. They are so good. And then we're going to feature that entire album today. Well, not the entire thing. We're going to feature five songs from that album. I'd be good. We'll just, why don't we just put the album on and we'll just chill. <laughs> right. and we'll just Seems let real. it. <laughs> it's fine. But we're going to do a sports show, too. Uh, so we'll do that instead. Uh, so, since the last time we saw you, a lot has happened. We were talking pre-draft stuff, and I was telling you who I wanted to have the Boston Celtics take with their number one overall pick, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, what really went down, which was very much different from what that was. Okay. So, for professional financial advice regarding retirement planning, investments, and life insurance, you should contact Matt Govendo and receive your complimentary planning analysis. Call Matt today at 315-671-1864, and he will hook you up. For your financial future, and if you want to get in contact with our show, uh, the email address is at I'm sorry, it's sportsbeershow at gmail.com. The Twitter address is at sportsbeershow. Legit. I literally do that every time. That's all right. It's not all right. One day. <laughs> so uh, if we've achieved perfection, we'll never need to do another show. So we might as well keep going. Um, well, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean. Nice try. I mean, whatever. Okay. So anyway, uh, we're going to get into a bunch of stuff today. We're going to talk about, obviously, um, baseball. It's midseason pretty much. You got um, – you have uh, – A game on behind you? Well, yeah. It's, a, it's a, Currently, it's the Sunday uh, – The is it Sunday? It's Sunday. The Sunday night game, which is the Nationals and the Cardinals. Currently, Washington is up 7-2 to two in the top of the ninth, so it looks like they may have this one sewn up. Washington's pretty good. Yeah, they're very, very good. There's a couple really good teams in each league, which yeah. is nice, yeah. uh, which is the opposite of what basketball is right now. But we'll get into that a little bit later, too. Of all the sports, I feel like baseball is the one that is the most competitive day-to-day. And um, at the end of the year, you can just get on a hot streak and win, even if you're not the best team. Whereas right. in basketball and football, those things are really Well, hard. you can do that in football. You can do that in yeah. football, where you get into the playoffs. That's true, that's true, that's true. Uh, bas- it's much harder. The league did not win the Super Bowl. So. Right, well, it's much harder in in basketball and hockey because of the length and series. series now, yeah. the baseball has that, too, but if you get one of your pitch, I mean, you there's a the guy with three starts in seven games, right. and he's dominant. Right, there's three wins right there, and all you got to do is... 
figure out another one together. Right, and you're good. Um, So we're going to talk baseball in a little bit. We're also going to do, instead of the dumb sports list of the week, because we've really kind of, I think, tapped out our our own sports list. We're going to do it. It's not going to be dumb, though. It's going to be a really good one. This is our rankings. Basically, this is... Because I saw something on a on a website, but this is gonna we're gonna we're gonna give you our top ten NBA players of all time each. Uh, we're gonna talk about it and go from there. Uh, and then I'm gonna tell you why I hate the Buffalo Buffalo Bills now, and I never have before, but now I found out some things, and, and I've actually not even found out. I things have been brought to light that made me go, oh, I should have seen that. I should have hated them more previously. Right, and I didn't. I've never really hated them because they're they're not threatening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's it there it's you know and we grew up in upstate new york so so many bills fans loud and you just sort of can bills fans lord it over them that their team is so awful right well the thing the worst part about it is is when they come out and they're on social media making fun of the cowboys or the patriots and they're like your team has literally not made the playoffs this millennium and the last time they made the playoffs they lost to the Music City Miracle. That's correct. And so that's and and they deserve to lose that game because they started Rob Johnson over Doug Flutie yes. and carried them all season. Right. Which I, I the decision making process that their bad decision making processes over the years have led them to be exactly what they are. Today. And yet that fan base seems like they can make fun of other fan. They feel like they can make fun of other fan bases. The thing I really You're the worst. Truly enjoy is You're worse than Cleveland banter. Yes. About the Bills every year, how it's like this is the season. Right. They're not going to be somewhere between six and ten and eight and eight. Well, let me tell you right now, it's July. This is July second that they're going to be six and ten to eight and eight. Yeah, this, this is not the year. Yeah. This is this will be year number eighteen of you not being in the playoffs. I'm sorry, year number nineteen, the nineteenth consecutive year that you will not be in the playoffs. Like if your franchise in the right? NFL doesn't 18th. have a 18th. good quarterback, how is your entire existence? Not about finding your next quarterback. But it's not. It never has been. They don't. I mean, yeah. Dude, well, we'll get into Buffalo. You should take the freaking draft and draft all quarterbacks and figure out <laughs> right. which one's an NFL quarterback. Like, what you do in the draft? Well, we drafted, drafted eight quarterbacks. <laughs> One of them's got to be good. All right. Well, anyway, so that's we're going to get to that. But right now, let's talk about some other things we'll do really quick. NBA, the draft is over. Free agency has begun, so a lot is going on. But like I said earlier, last time we saw you, it was just before the draft. The Celtics had just gotten the number one pick officially. Yeah. And we were talking about how I thought Markel Fultz would be a good fit with Boston, um, but I wouldn't have been mad at them taking Josh, uh, Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum there either. And the only guy really in the top four that I had no... You don't want LeVar Ball because his father screwed it up. Lonzo Ball. Or, yeah. yeah, exactly. You don't want LeVar Ball. Correct. That is the exact right way to say it. You don't want LeVar Ball. Yeah. So um, so what happened instead was Trader Danny, Danny Age, the general manager of the Boston Celtics. What is it with Boston area sports teams and trading down in the draft? I mean, they understand the value, I yeah. guess. If So... Because they pick has a lot more value than the player you get many times. Many well, look, consider this, okay? Danny Ainge said. Now, granted, it's a GM talking, so you never. But he's he said the player that I wanted to take was going to still be available at three. Which so they traded their first round pick, their number one overall pick, for the number three overall pick from Philadelphia. And and either the Lakers first round pick next year, which could be very very good, or Sacramento's the year after that. Which will be very, very good. Right. And the, the Lakers is protected between uh, outside of two and five. So if it lands two, three, four, or five, the Celtics get it. Other than that, it's protected. 
That's really weird. It is weird. And then the um, I think the the Kings one is only top. I think there's a good chance the Lakers aren't better than that. Only season. number one protected, I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think I don't think the Lakers are going to be significantly better this year. I think they will be somewhat better, but I still think they're going to be bottom three or four teams in the league. I just don't have a lot of confidence in Lonzo Ball. Now, much much of this is like the same thing that I talked about with Fultz before where we didn't get to see a lot of West Coast basketball games. Now, he plays for UCLA, so I saw him more. Right. When I did see him, De'Aaron Fox made him look like a JV. Exactly. Like, so, and De'Aaron Fox is like, okay, he's not an NBA point guard yet. Now, he got drafted, and now he is an NBA point guard. But, like, you got destroyed. Destroyed. By... A guy who's going later than you in the draft. Right. What are you going to do when you play against NBA players? Ball's not going to be a one of your great defensive point guards. He just isn't. Nor is anyone else in the Lakers. Right. Because he's not super athletic. But so, so this is potentially what the Lake, what the Celtics have done is they gave up this year's number one overall pick, which they weren't to get the player they thought was the best player in the draft anyway. Jason Tatum. Yep. And From I Duke. don't necessarily disagree. No, he, he might be. You, you and I talk about this. I like Tatum and Josh Jackson the best on everybody. In the yeah, league. exactly. And I, I agreed with that too. Um, and then, now next year they've set themselves up. They still have Brooklyn's pick next year, so they're going to have a really great Top shot at the number one pick because yeah. that's the worst team in basketball yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, they got worse. Yeah. They made a trade. The Lakers traded D'Angelo Russell and to get their best player to get, to get Brook Lopez, who's a real and, NBA player, and Timofey Mozgov. Yeah. To get Brook Lopez, which that's that's actually an upgrade there, but it's not enough of an upgrade to make him a better team. It'll so, make him a better team. Oh, uh, slightly better. Brook Lopez is really good. No, slightly better. He's just been in right. basketball I purgatory. He's, he's really good. This Lakers team he's going to is he's not garbage. Yeah. right, so it's not going to be significantly better. He's not enough to make them a, a borderline Western, playoff team. You're right. They're not a Western Conference playoff. Team. So they're going to be in the lottery again. So potentially, Danny Ainge is going to have picks number one and two next year. That's what could happen. But he'll it probably will have two top five picks. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. The question being... How so much better is that draft? Or but now, okay, so now it's trade deadline, right? You're really competitive with Cleveland. You can see it. Like, we're close. We can beat this team this year. I have the top two picks in the draft. I can have any player in this league that I want, basically, who's available. Right. Okay. Right. The problem is you've got three of the top ten players in the league play for Golden State. Right. And you've got the best player that we're going to talk about later how close he is to being the best player in the history of the league, plays for Cleveland, along with a couple other guys that are really good. Well, and you have to be better than those two teams and San Antonio. Like, and Houston's coming league. up, too, and because Houston, we'll talk, let's talk, yeah. let's start talking about, because so the, the, yeah. the draft broke down, Philly takes Fultz, the Lakers take Ball, the Celtics take Tatum, Jackson goes to Phoenix, and then blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. The Knicks take two guys you've never heard of from countries you may have heard of. Nittlekina. Yeah. Uh, is that how you say that? I don't care. Nittle- I don't know where it cares. Because he's mad because they didn't take Dennis Smith Jr. And I, look, I felt the same way when they took Porzingis because I didn't know anything about him. Right. And there's a good chance I'm wrong again, and that's fine. It's and possible. then I'll learn the dude's name. Right. But I, there's guys whose names I know that they did not take. Right. You, you know what I mean? Pretty good. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I feel like Dennis Smith is a quality NBA point guard. Dude. Do you remember how last time we were on the air, I was sitting here drooling over Semi Ojale? Yeah. Guess where he went? I know where he Boston went. Boston in the second round! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got him in the second round! I'm so glad! Yeah. That's like a Spurs. That's a Spurs pick. Yeah. Exactly. Semi Ojale in the second round is a Spurs And how did um, Motley not get drafted? How about like Frank Mason going mad late? Like, right. That's the thing that cr- that's crazy to me about the draft is like they look at guys who are four year players and immediately downgrade them instead 24. of going. It's 23, whatever like, he is. W- 
you would rather have a 19-year-old that you get to train yes, and play basketball so they you would. can go get a contract somewhere else? Yes, they would. It's so stupid. I know. How but is that's ex- this like the group think of the NBA general managers? How are they this stupid? Dude, dude, you hear that when you're watching the draft. You hear the analysts talking about, well, he's 20, so he's a little old. Right? Yeah. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? This kid has no idea. Frank Mason can help a team win basketball games right now. Today. And he got drafted like 40-something. Right. You know what I mean? And where did he end up? I don't even remember. Because I I was just like so confused that he hadn't been drafted earlier. So what? Uh? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Here's, again, guys that are that are going to be good NBA players day one that can come in and give you 12 and 8. You know, and they're afterthoughts. It's Sacramento. It's, so and Sac- he'll be he'll start. Yes, and he'll have good numbers. And Sacramento got a, a pretty decent draft. Yeah, they really did. So oh, they yeah. they did well. Um, so good stuff there. Uh, but so now free agency has started, and of course, um, <laughs> it's been weird. Uh, it's been weird. So nothing really huge has gone down other than the, the trades. The trades. Yeah. Not free agent signings. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's trades. Well, and the big contracts that guys have gotten from their hometown clubs. Well, deservedly, uh, Steph Curry. You Steph. Like, the fact that an agent gets paid on that deal is stupid. That's right. all there is to it. Right. Well, Steph Curry, in case you're not aware, is now the highest paid player in, in NBA history. history. Yeah. Uh, he's the first $40 million, $40 million a year player. Because he was top team in all NBA and went to the same team. He gets assigned the five-year deal for the Max Max Super Max contract. Which is $201 million and a half. Some Yeah. yeah. And so, when I, jokingly about the agent, but not. Because mm-hmm. Steph Curry literally has to walk into the owner's office and goes... Obviously, you're going to pay me the Supermax deal. So let's do it. So why don't we just sign that up, and we can save everybody a bunch of the right. And clearly, I don't want to go anywhere else. Dude, how about the money that the other guys are getting? That's the thing that's really crazy to me right now. Well, the, the good news about all this stuff is that now Mike Conley is not the highest-paid player in the league. some other <laughs> notable stuff that has gone down. Sean Livingston of the Golden State Warriors yes. got three years, $24 million. Yeah. Sean Livingston barely plays. Now, he's a good role player for them, and he's a nice guy off the bench. Eight million bucks a year. That's a guy that should be – he's getting $8 million a year. It's like – that's yes. like a $1 or $2 million a year guy. You know, like mm-hmm. eight. Igudala, who, again, is a nice complimentary piece. And as I've talked about in the past, the fact that you can bring Draymond Green off the bench for Draymond Green right. is really nice for the for the Warriors. Got $48 million over three years, $16 million a year. So with Iguodala, did you hear the talk? Like he actually met with Houston. And the Spurs. Right. And so and then he's out there going, okay, these places look really attractive, but... How do I not go back to Golden Yeah, State? I got to go back. Dude, I, did you see the tweet? <laughs> he tweeted. Yeah. Iguodala tweeted, sources close to Andre Iguodala <laughs> say he's going back to the bank. That's awesome. I was like, that is perfect. That's very good. I, I like Andre in a lot of ways. And great player, like his attitude, great defender. So Ingles, the shooting guard for the Jazz, yes. who is really sort of, good. He's a decent yeah. – Like he, he's look, he's a starting shooting guard in the NBA. He's good. But if you haven't seen the Jazz play, you'd be like, holy crap, there's a starting white shooting guard in the NBA? Well, he plays for Utah. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. Got four years and $52 million. I mean, that's real He's money. He's like a mediocre NBA player. Right, that's, like, real, that's real money. And so now Ibaka re-signed with Toronto for three years and whatever it was. It doesn't matter. Huge dollars. $75 million yep. or whatever it was. And J.J. Redick. One year, $23 million. $23 million for J.J. Redick? That's what I'm saying. So these ancillary guys, the Steph Curry getting forty million doesn't bother me because Steph Curry sells jerseys. Yeah, yeah. Steph Curry fills your arena, but he's a he's an all timer. Like 
None of it bothers me. None of it bothers me. That's true because the owners are making more money. Right, exactly. Because here's that's because that's the economics of the league. Yeah. I want that money. That that portion of the money to go to the players because they're the guys that I tune in to watch. Yeah. I don't tune in to watch to see the cutaway of Steve Ballmer. Yeah, so if they have the money to pay those guys that kind of money, clearly they're really banking. Right. And the the thing is too with the way the salary cap and the luxury tax works, when you're paying a guy like when they're when the Warriors are paying these ancillary pieces this kind of money, they're also paying luxury tax because they're over the cap. And they have to match dollar for dollar to the league right. when they're over the cap. So you know, who cares? Right, that Livingston contract that costs them eight million dollars a year to pay Livingston costs them another eight in luxury. Right. So, but they don't care because right. they're winning. They're banking and they're selling a right. lot of merchandise and things are good. Like they're mad bad. the finals didn't go seven games because they missed three home games or whatever it was. Or whatever it was. Yeah, 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 it's a couple anyway. So, yeah. so there's that. So now going into this period, this free agency period, there were two big storylines, two really big storylines. Um, well, I, I suppose there's a couple more, and we'll get to Gordon Hayward in a minute, but that's yeah. not one of the bigger ones to me. It was uh, the Clippers with Blake Griffin and CP3 both looking to opt out of their deals, and then Paul George and what the hell was going to happen with that. Yeah. So Griffin opts out, and then it's reported that CP3 is opting out, but he never actually did. He instead goes to the front office and said, look, I'm going to Houston. So you can either let me go or trade me so I can get my money. Yeah. This is the way it's going to go. So you, you can get stuff back. Right. And, and they I got stuff the, back. And, again, if you're not familiar with it, the team you are currently on can pay you more money than another team. So right. if CP3 does what's called a sign-and-trade where they can sign him for that max dollar amount and then trade him, he gets more money than if he just leaves and goes and gets max dollars from right. Houston. So max dollars from Houston would be like 100. Four years and 130 or 130, 140. Yeah. Max dollars from 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 Steph Curry money. Right. It was four five years and in the neighborhood of two hundred million dollars. Yeah. So that's what he's getting. And same with Blake. He got one seventy three over five years. But that's the thing. So now people are like, Wow, why wouldn't they just stay together? And like I said, Because Blake doesn't like Chris Paul. They or, don't like each other. Blake if if I'm playing with Blake Griffin and putting the kind of effort it takes to be an NBA playoff team in the West, and at the end of the season he gets hurt every every year. freaking year. Now, look, I get it. Getting hurt sort of beyond your control. But there comes a point where when it happens every year, right. and you are, you know, Chris Paul, look, you're advancing through your prime, and your co-star is hurt in the playoffs three years in a row, and then you can't get over the humps of of uh, San Antonio, Houston, and Golden State anyway. Right. Like I understand why Chris Paul wanted to leave. I'm out. Yeah, I'm done. And Chris Paul's not young. Right, he's, he's getting he's like older. End of prime. Right, he got drafted the same year as uh, LeBron, if I'm not mistaken. Is that the year or the year after? after? I think it was the year after. Yeah. But either way, he is not. They're not. Right, he's 31, and he's looking at this, and, and I'm around a bunch of other guys who were in our yeah. early 30s. Now, did you see what Houston gave up for? Yeah, yeah Patrick was, Beverly, like their whole roster. Lou Williams, hilarious. Sam Decker, who I really I like, like and uh, I, I like Patrick Beverly and, and Lou, Lou Williams, Williams as well. And they got a pick, yeah, the uh, next year's first round pick. It was like seven players, though. Right, like their whole roster. Well, they had to get rid of those kind of players yeah. just to clear the cap to get him in there. The thing is, in the NBA, because you can only put five guys on the court, maximizing those five should be your first right. And then just fill in the ancillary pieces where yeah. they come. And it, and Houston just wants to put three-point shooters on right. the floor. Now, to, to kind of tie it up with Blake Griffin, okay, so people often talk about legacy. And legacy is a thing. And I know it's going to sound stupid and weak, but if you're Blake Griffin and you are looking at it, you, you have this thought in your head. 
I, I'm going to sign back with the Clippers, and if I do that, I am legitimately the greatest player in the history of the franchise. I guess. I, I, you know, and, it's him or Roll Candy, but either way, yeah. Well, I mean, Bob McAdoo. For real, though, Bob right, McAdoo. Because yeah. Bob McAdoo actually played for that franchise. Right. But the thing is, it's, that's, I mean, you can say that's a, I mean, it's not like it's the Lakers. It's not, but if they ever decide to start putting up statues, you're getting one. And it's and really, if you want to win championships, your destinations are limited to about four teams. Right, right. and LA is a pretty attractive place to come. Yeah. Even, Doc Rivers is still the coach there now. He's a player first coach. He's well liked by his players. Absolutely. So people want to come there. I don't know. DeAndre is nice to be with. I, yeah, nice yeah. guy. No, I just mean player. Oh, so like certainly. Great guy people gonna give him a lot of grief because he's not a really great offensive player, but he sure dunks it pretty good, and he's a really good defender. It's a if I'm a six ten guy. I like the idea of having DeAndre Jordan on my team because I don't always have to, I don't have to play the center. biggest guy on the other team. Right. All the time, you know and, I mean? and that's that's exactly it. Like, I don't have to play center, but it really isn't even about playing center on the offensive oh, end. No, shit. I don't want to defend yeah. Brooke Lopez. Blake Griffin will post up anybody and he'll right. take over anybody. That's not a, an issue. Yeah. Right. But he doesn't want to defend Brooke Lopez and he doesn't want to have to defend Al, Al Horford and Przingis and all these other guys. And for yeah. God's sake, Zaza Pachulia is sweating big, all over him all night. The best big on the other team every night. Right. Yeah. So with DeAndre there, that's not a problem for him. And DeAndre just eats those guys up anyway. On the, I mean, uh, defensively, yeah, 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 he does. DeAndre is a really good defender. Yeah, really good. Yes, on and off the ball. Yes. So, so if he could shoot free throws, he would be a top ten now, player probably in the league. Now they need a point guard and a shooting guard. Their backcourt is a shambles now. Right. But they have Patrick Beverly. Who's a good defender? He's a nice combo guard, frankly. right? And Lou Williams can He's be a, a good six man, six man, right? Yep. And Sam Decker could be that young guy who becomes your shooting guard. Two or three, I, I depending where you want to play. Their makeup, you know, it's like I said though. You can only put five guys out there. Now you right. don't have Chris Paul, and you can't replace him. That period. roster needs a facilitator. And if someone ever tries to tell me it's Austin Rivers, I'm going to punch him in the face. He's gotten better, but he's he's a shooting guard. He's he's never going to be a right. pass first point. So that's where they're and and none of those guys are really good on ball. You know what I mean? They don't create for themselves that much. I mean, like for others, they don't create for others. That's the problem. Well, I, mean, I think I think a lot of them can't really create for themselves either. Yeah. I think Blake has trouble doing that sometimes. He's not really like you know he's not he LeBron. Needs to throw it up in the rim. Right. So I think they need that kind of player. But so then Paul George out of nowhere gets traded to Oklahoma City. I hate the trade less than other people, I think. I, um, because I don't like Oladipo that much. I don't like Oladipo that much. I do like Sabonis yes. in the future. I just feel like whoever got – like they got those guys for a one-year rental because Paul George was a one-year rental. True. And so, um, you know, the Pacers were in a very similar situation to what we talked to you before. Where you can either trade me right. or I'm leaving. Right. Right. Now they had till the trade deadline to get that done. Yeah. So they, I they think, might have been better off waiting till because they definitely could have got more for him at the trade deadline from a team that felt like they were a they contender were a and fifth were one and fourth seed and they were one, that guy away. Right. They're a piece away. Like maybe Boston. I'll put it this way: I do think not getting Kevin Love back for him is probably the biggest mistake they made. Although I will tell you this. I don't know how many times a GM has to get a call from Danny Ainge to go, oh, my God, is this guy going to fucking try to rob me again? Yeah. I'm not – listen, I'm just done talking to you. Yeah, man. but how do you feel about Sam Presti? Right. Same way. I mean, those are two guys that if you make a trade with them, you probably got the worst end of it. It's true. That's absolutely true because they're not – they are never going to give you value – the value – the They're not trading for the you. The correct value. value. Right, they're not. I'm going to win this trade or I'm not going to make it. Yeah. 
So, um, I think Sabonis has a bright future in the league. I really do. I think he's a rotational big. I don't know that he's a starter. I, but I think he's a good rotational big. I think there's a chance he's like Dirk Nowitzki light going forward. I really it's do. Possible. I, I really like Sabonis, mainly because I watched him play a lot in college. And I, yeah, he was really good I think he's a little slow-footed. He's a 6'11 guy that can shoot the rock. I mean, that's, that's, that's okay. the demand. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I think he's going to be a rotational big. Yeah. A, and a good one. Not a, I'm not, that's yeah. not a knock on him. I think that's a really good thing to be as a rotational Ola big. Oladipo's a guard who can't shoot threes. Now, one thing <laughs> that's you find, not a good thing to well, be. One thing you find in the NBA is the one skill that everyone improves as they go on is their shooting. Yeah, but what's this, year four, year five? He could get... He could... In the offseason, you can pick up five percentage points on your three point shot. You can, but you got to I mean, you got to show me that you're going to do it at right. some point. I mean, uh, understood. Yeah, I'm just saying if there's one skill that a guy can lack, that's the one that could actually get better. Now, Oladipo does some things. He's he, super athletic. Yeah, he's very athletic. He's a good defender. Yeah. He can he can drive. He can he can dish. He can do a bunch of other I don't things. Like the idea of paying him twenty million dollars a year. Nope, <laughs> not at all. But I'll tell you what. So now here you're here you're Oklahoma City. What is your, what are you hoping that happens now? Do you think that this is going to get it Russell? Gets a, it gets him a step closer. Yeah, but so at the end of the year, Westbrook and Paul are both free to go. What if they? What if they get Gordon Hayward? They're not. They're not. Why they're not they? in it. How's that? He's not even going to meet with they them. They weren't in the freaking Paul George thing either. Yeah, but that's not a trade. He has no meeting scheduled with Oklahoma City. He's meeting with Miami, Boston, and Utah, and that's it. Those are the three teams he's looking at. Are you positive? I mean, I've, I've 100%. read percent. I've read that too, but, you know. I mean, certainly. signed anywhere yet. Right, certainly things can happen. Well, he's, you know where he is today? Is he in Boston now? He's at Legal Seafood, I'm guaranteeing it. <laughs> <laughs> or Capitol Grill. awesome, by the way. It is. Actually eating it. <laughs> Legal Seafood is good. Uh, he's probably at uh, the Capitol Grill, but uh, anyway. Yeah, he's back baying it right now, dude. They're showing him all over that. Han, han. And 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 it's dude, it's July second in Boston. They probably got him at a Sox game. They got him, you know, going all over town. They're showing him, dude. This is this could be your city. You yeah. could be the guy here. It's true. I it mean, is absolutely true. And seventeen rings, and you know everything right. else they've got going on there. I mean, look. And would you like to meet Larry Bird? You yes, can't Bill find Russell. a more iconic place to play basketball than Boston and the Lakers. Like, it's it. Those those are the two spots. So. Yeah, I mean, I get the argument. Gordon Hayward may be a bad example based on your argument, but they're a piece away from competing. Oh, no. I, I think that – boy, I don't know. So I like Steven Adams a lot. Okay. I like Paul George added to him, and I like Russell Westbrook a bunch. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, and then – so now who's their two guard? That's why Gordon Hayward was the word that came out of but my it's mouth. But that's not right. happening. So. You see what I'm coming from. But you got to find something else. Right. No, no. I, I like where they are. I, I, they're certainly not in Golden State's realm. Clay Thompson's a very got to be coming up on the end of his deal, right? I'm next year, <laughs> but you know what? I've already heard I've already heard rumors that Paul George and Clay Thompson have talked about going to the Lakers together. Together. That makes the Lakers, the Lakers good. The Lakers have an opportunity next year to be stupidly good. Lonzo Ball, Clay Thompson, Paul George, the big Lithuanian kid or Croatian kid that they brought up last year who yeah. was good, Brandon Ingram, uh, Julius Randle off the bench, Larry Nance off the bench, Brooke Lopez off the bench. They've got a lot of good young players yes. that are Sabonis-esque. They're very much like where the Celtics were two to three yeah. years ago, but the Celtics didn't have this kind of talent. Yeah, They just have a better coach. Way better. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so and and so oh, and coach of the year also came out. Mike D'Antoni, Russell Westbrook, of course, got MVP, which I think a lot of people were like, you know, it, there was a big debate Harden Westbrook, but I mean, it's just the 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 shine of that record. Yeah. The, the thing is with uh, Harden, 
is he was so close to averaging a triple-double himself, it was just overshadowed yeah. by Westbrook actually doing it. And breaking the triple-doubles in a single-season record, yeah. too, which helps. But uh, Harden's not going to do that next year because he's not going to be on ball as much. Yeah, not, he'll get a lot less assists. Yeah. <clears throat> but like D'Antoni, the NBA coach of the year came out and said, he's like, look, now we got two really good point guards, and he does. And in his system... Chris Paul can shoot threes, too. Word. And they both can shoot. And Tony wants to jack threes. Yes. That's why I said the only the weakness of the trade they made was really getting rid of Lou Williams and uh, and Beverly. Not as much Beverly, but uh, Lou Williams. And they lost a couple of other sort of ancillary pieces that could shoot. Because um, it was six or seven guys in total. Um, but they really want to have five guys on the right. court that can shoot threes. And so, to me, what you're going to see Houston do is sign other guys who shoot a high percentage from three. Kyle Korver, stuff, people of that nature. I don't know if Korver's available, but if he were, that would be the kind of guy they were look, they'd be I'm looking I'm surprised at. they didn't go after J.J. Redick, frankly. Um, I've, Plays no defense, shoots great from three, puts <laughs> right in. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, here's the thing. Chris Paul is an excellent basketball player. I don't know that people love being his teammate. So you're saying Redick going back? That's funny because in he said the right things in the media. He does how much he would like to go play with Paul Moore. Yeah, well then maybe that's not true. Dude, if you're a three point shooter and you got a point guard averaging twelve assists right. a game, like he's getting you open. Yeah, but he's not. Oh, you know. Oh, you know who? The, oh, who we're talking that needs a point guard? Who needs a point guard? We were just talking about Rondo's available. Okay. Go, go uh, the, the Clippers. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. He fits right in. Misfit, the Isle of Misfit Toys. And he goes back to Doc Rivers? Yeah. Oh, my God. How has that not happened already? Yeah. Sign him. He's going to the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are they going to bring back Derrick Rose? That's a possibility. No, oh God, I hope not. So, anyway, so that's that. So, NHL also draft is over. Also, free agency has begun. And there was no real – I'll talk about NHL. It's fine. There was no real go to the bathroom. consensus number one pick in the NHL. Uh, the New Jersey Devils had it. Which is stupid because they're awful. They're horrendous. Historically, not awful though, right? They never. Nah, they had a they had a decent run in the nineties. Okay, I paid more attention to hockey in the nineties. You did because it was it was better in the nineties uh, than it's been at any almost any other period in its history. I thought they've added a lot of scoring and kind of changed rules. Um, no, hockey's good. It's still a great game. I still love hockey. Um, so I, I'm just I'm, but I, it was better in the nineties. I just don't follow <laughs> enough to, to have it be a thing. Yeah, I mean, so the um, so the 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 number one pick in the draft was New Jersey. Okay, New Jersey had the number one pick, and Miro Hiskinen from Finland. Yes, <laughs> Miro Hiskinen. Uh, actually, a record six Finnish players went in the first round. That of the was draft. a guess. Wow, I, I just off that name alone. Yeah, clearly finished. So Nico, I'm sorry, Nico Hiesler of uh, Halifax was the number one pick. Nolan Patrick went to the uh, went to Philly, and Miro Hiskinen went to Dallas. He's a defenseman, and all the people in Dallas were super excited for that one. Um, and then uh, there's 12 hockey fans in Dallas. Yeah, well, I say Dallas. The Dallas Stars have a really good. They've won a Stanley Cup too. Uh, but anyway, the Rangers actually traded up. They traded to get to number seven to take Leas Anderson, center from Sweden. Played for HV71 in Sweden. 
Yeah, you don't know. I don't know either. Who the fuck knows? Oh, okay. Nobody right. knows. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a place where like they get UFOs, like, and, like you know, break them apart. All right. for like the number ten pick here uh, for Florida, Owen Tippett. He he was a right wing. He played for Mississauga. Well, that's in the OHL. I can tell you that much right now. The Ontario Mississauga sounds like it's up near your stomping ground. Yeah, Oswegatchie River. It's on the other side of the river. <laughs> Mississauga is uh, more close to the Ottawa, Toronto. So it's in Ontario. The Aquasasne Reservation. Right. Uh, there's a guy from Windsor. There's a guy from Owen Sound. This, <laughs> this guy's from the London, reason Ontario. These guys are good at hockey is they grow up in places where there's ice on the freaking lakes in July. Yeah. And they can just go play hockey, right? And all the all the uh, American kids, they uh, they they went to college. Yeah, like we grew up, sh- you know. It's like you want to go shoot hoops, sure. We'll go to the basketball court. It's right over there. Right. These guys grew up. It's like let's go play some hockey, eh? I love we'll this. Go play on Lake Huron. Uh, for San Jose, number nineteen, Joshua Norris. He's a center, and his only he is not. It's not a college. It's not a USA under eighteen national team. Is that the only team he plays for? I don't know. I mean, good question. It's good. Probably from high school to... Hey, there's there. another player from HB71. That was a good squad. Wow. What are they called? The Vikings? I don't know. Well, no. Because they're all Vikings, dude. It's Sweden. Okay. <laughs> the so, Ericsons? So, so there's that. So now you've got an NHL free agency going on. The biggest uh, free agent was signed by the Rangers. Go figure. Uh, defenseman Kevin Shattenkirk. But the big news about it is he signed a lesser deal than he could have gotten other places. Shattenkirk? Shattenkirk. He shat on Kirk. I was gonna did he captain the Enterprise? <laughs> yeah, so Kevin Shattenkirk, um, born and raised in New Rochelle, New York, oh. a lifelong Rangers fan. Our boy, Nick Rank. Yeah, exactly. Shout out Nick. Now, shout out to Nick. So he's coming home. He's very excited to be back with uh on the East Coast, back in his hometown and playing for his childhood team. So he took less to play for the Rangers because he wanted to play for the Rangers. Because he's he always wanted to play for the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. And not only did he take less, he took a shorter deal than he could have gotten. So it's a very team-friendly deal. So is it a lot like how it works in the NBA, where you can kind of re-sign your guy for more money, more years? Uh, a little. It's not exactly the same, but it is kind of similar. I actually really like that about the NBA. So we're gonna hold on. We're gonna rebeer here. What yeah. did you want a big wave? Whatever you got. Yeah, there's right a big there. wave right there. So he's gonna rebate. Uh, that big wave, of course, is from Kona Brewing Company, Liquid Aloha. I'm having a Hawaii's original beer. This is Primo uh, since 1897, but it's now brewed in California because that's where everything fucking goes down. Uh, so, anyways, that's it. So you were asking about hockey. It's, it, I was. It's very similar. The the salary cap is kind of similar to. Uh, but the salaries are not as big. Like, Shattenkirk is the highest price free agent out there. He's getting six and a half a year. Could have got seven. Carey uh, Price, the goaltender from... Uh, from uh, You're pointing like he's in Hawaii. No, it was just on the, it was just on the TV. Just from, the other side of the Big Island. From, Mon- from Montreal oh, Canadiens. Okay. Cool. He just re-signed an eight-year deal. He, he's going to average ten and a half mil, which makes him the highest paid goaltender in history, and it also ties him with um, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane as the highest paid player. In NHL history, ten and a half million dollars a year. So Patrick Kane's off ice uh, issues didn't cost him any money, huh? Uh, no, sir. He was clear to them charges. Good for him. Yeah, that was a rape case. Just in case you were unaware. Okay, guys. So one more thing to go over here before we take a quick break. Uh, it's hard to have a discussion with an ignoramus. I mean, it really is. All I can do is make jokes. I know. So anyway, getting ready for training camp. It's the NFL. Yes, a sport I know about. Woo! Yes, yes. So here we are. Uh, training camps are going to open on uh, the 22nd. Well, most of them will. I think the Cardinals are going to open up a little bit early. The Cowboys could have but have decided not to. They're just going to bring their rookies in early to get them acclim- a little more acclimated. And then they're Tank. all. Wait, no, Taco. Taco, yes. Yeah. 
uh, Taco and Cheeto. Yeah. And Taco and Cheeto are going to come in. They're going to get a little more acclimated, and then they're all going to go out to Oxnard on the 22nd of July. Mm-hmm. And we are 32 days away from the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. Paul Millsap signed a three-year, $90 million deal with, with the, the Nuggets. Nuggets. That kind of sucks. Oh, God. Yeah. Does nobody good ever want Paul Millsap? It's crazy. Yeah. Atlanta. Who is with it before Atlanta? Utah. Utah. Jesus Christ. The thing that amazes me is teams don't try to keep him. Right. He's so All good. All these good players go to the West, too. Like, if Paul Millsap was on a big market team, he would be such a superstar. They need to... But, like, four years ago. Not anymore. I mean, but anyway. So, anyway, no, football. Okay. No more Paul Millsap. I mean, I, you know... 32 Boy, days. Hayward's meeting with the Celtics today. He is, and it's going well, I'm sure. He'll be signed by midnight. Uh, 32 days to the Hall of Fame game. The Cardinals versus the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to be pumped for it. I can't wait. We're a month away from football, guys. It's awesome. A month. That's a good Hall of Fame game to, to set up, too. Cardinals? No one's going to really play in it, but... Right. No one will ever... I've been to one, okay? It's a great place to... It's a, it's a lot of fun. It really is. It's an affordable ticket, first of all. You get the Hall of Fame, all that other stuff that goes in. There's a big weekend. There's a whole... Uh, a bunch of festivities that go on, plus all the Hall of Famers are there, and it's a really great time. It's a really great time. And if you've never been to the Football Hall of Fame and you're a football fan, then shame on you. All right, guys, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to do our MLB midseason report because that's when people start paying attention to baseball nowadays. Right about now. Yeah. Right about now. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, while we are uh, away, you guys will be listening to uh, another classic from Cypress Hill's Black Sunday album. It's uh, Cock the Hammer. It's a good tune. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. It's a good tune. All right, we'll be back right after this on Sports and Beer with Friends. Yeah. 
And we're back. All right. So that's uh, Cock the Hammer off of uh, Black Sunday, Cypress Hill. We're going to be featuring that all week. So to remind you, yeah, we would like to remind you that Sports and Beer with Friends does not own the rights to the music we play. It is for your listening enjoyment only. If you like the music, we encourage you to purchase these songs from iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, or wherever music is sold. This week's featured artist is the one and only Cypress Hill. Now, if you're not familiar, Cypress Hill is an area in Queens, New York, but this band is from Los Angeles. It's okay. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's a great name for the band based on their content. It, everything, it, they're, they cultivated a really... That's a good word for it. Well, yeah, so... But they, <laughs> they cultivated a really good image, a little dark, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of weed underground weed culture. You know, they, they weren't really gangbanger type guys, but they definitely were on that kind of gangster rap side of things, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, for sure. I mean, they grew up, obviously, in those kinds of neighborhoods, and but they weren't like... The guy, you know, but they obviously some of their songs are very, you know, gun related. Sure. Right. I mean, but so there you go. I don't know. I, I love that band. I love Cypress Hill. We Be Real is amazing. And yes. Sin Dog yes. has the world's easiest job, which is just to repeat the things Be Real says. For the most part. Insane in the brain. And he's then every a, once in a while throws down a hot verse, he, but it's very rare. Yeah, he's he's like He's one of the all-time great hype men. That's it. He's just the guy that repeats what you said in a cooler voice. It's like him, Flavor Flav, you know, guys like that. They, you know, there's a there's a place. There's a place for these He's guys. Needed. I'm He's not absolutely denying his, his usefulness. It's like ODB was kind of a hype man, but was just a little bit more than that. If you know what I mean. Oh yeah. But he was a good when he was on someone else's track. He was a hype man for you. I mean, he would get you. I don't know. Your track is now lit because ODB's on it. So. Other stuff might get lit too, I guess. So we're gonna, uh, so we're gonna do more from Cypress Hill today. But right now, we're gonna talk about MLB. So here we are. It's July second. The um, the All Star Game is next week, a week from Tuesday. It'll be on July eleventh. Um, and your leading vote getters are out. Uh, Bryce Hopper actually did overtake Aaron Judge for the overall votes, uh, but Aaron Judge was your American League leader in votes. Part of that being probably that the He's, Yankees have been sliding a little and the uh, Nationals have played very well. Right. Uh, but as far as Aaron Judge... Ever since Judge, he got the play, I think he's been higher yeah, than yeah. more votes. Well, he really did not throw that that helmet very well, though. <laughs> so not voting for for his throwing skills, for sure. Helmet throwing skills, anyway. Uh, but Aaron Judge has been the player in the American League all year. He's been the guy. So it's not that's not surprising. So, um, so as we sit right now... Uh, we have uh, – well, do you have the standings in front of you there, Mike? Or Oh, I, I was looking at them enough that I can probably give you some, so, some details. So the Yankees have fallen off a little bit. They're now three games back of New York. They're not having a very good – they didn't have a very good June. They're not back of New York. They're back of Boston. Boston, that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're behind the Red Sox, a couple games. And the Rays are right there too. They're in the wild card. Huh? They're, they're tied in the wins column, and the Rays have played four more games, of which they've lost all four. And Cleveland has overtaken Minnesota, has a three-game lead. Houston has a 14-and-a-half game lead over Los Angeles. So silly. Well, it's a, not a good division, and they're the best team in, in the in probably in baseball right now. They have the best record in baseball. They're up two games in the loss column on the Dodgers. Yes, who are also who are really good. Probably $100 million in the salary column. Right, for sure. So basically right now as it sits in the American League, all the teams that people told you at the beginning of the year were going to be in first place, they're in first place now. Yeah, it just took a little while. Right. Like, and since the last time we talked. Now, the surprising teams, obviously, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but in the National League, you have Washington. Again, uh, they have a seven-and-a-half game lead. I think it's a bit of a mild surprise that that lead is over Atlanta and not New York. 
the Mets are a disaster and on a year-in, year-out basis. But the the Braves are much better than I think people thought they would be. They're only one game under five hundred. Being a Mets fan is a lot like being a Bills fan, dude. Every right. year you have hope at the beginning of the season, yeah. And then they'll sometimes they'll either they'll give you more hope at the very beginning and start off really well, or at the end they'll make a push where you have some hope. And they then always leave you hanging. And then your young stud pitcher refuses MRIs and yeah, like they have. Okay, when healthy. Is there a better pitching staff than, like, DeGrom, Wheeler, Harvey, Max? Like, they're loaded. Syndergaard? Yeah. I, oh, geez, yes. The one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, DeGrom's actually their best pitcher, in my opinion. But it's, I, I like Syndergaard, Syndergaard a lot. too. He's I mean, right there. They're both. So you're looking at guys, like, most teams don't have five quality guys like that. Not really. If you, and if you do, you're pretty much a juggernaut, and yeah. they are not. But again, a lot of injury, and there's other stuff too. So Washington, they're in first. They let a guy like Daniel Murphy go, yeah, who's now second in the in Major League Baseball on average. And he was when they let him go, and where he did just he go, had Mike? an amazing uh, streak in the playoffs. And where did he go? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. The the, the team that's down Washington. Yeah. Yes. So and uh, essential, the Brewers still have a two-game lead over Chicago. Chicago's a 500 baseball club. It is. Chris Bryant just got hurt. Um, they, they've had some trouble with Kyle Schwarber. Their pitching yeah, hasn't been they, great. They were a 100-win team last year. I mean, they, they certainly were. You know, they, it's very disappointing. Yeah. Extremely disappointing. Uh, and St. Louis is actually right there. They're, but, they're again, they're three games under. Um, not a good division, the Central. Which is funny because typically it's very good. Very, very good. It's just not very good right now. Uh, and then in the West you have the Dodgers who are two, only two and a half games up over Arizona, but uh, three Col- weeks ago, Colorado was like three They're games ahead of everybody. 44 and 20 or something. Right, and they've 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 gone like four and 16 since. Yeah, they've fallen off pretty hard. Yeah, they're seven games back now. Arizona, I think everyone, if you would have asked people at the beginning of the year who are going to be your better teams, they probably would have said L.A., San Francisco, Arizona in that division. Um, San Francisco is not good. Yeah, right. They are really bad. 18 games under 500. 33 and 51. They're one of the worst teams in baseball, actually. Yeah. Uh, the Phillies, obviously, are, they have no talent on their team. So that's, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Nor have they. Right. I mean, it's the been, Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard prime. They, they have not been good. Yeah, they, it's 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 very Philadelphia, though. That's the, that's that franchise. They're the worst team in the history of baseball. Yes, they are. Like, they're the only. Not joking. They have 10,000 losses, and they're the only team. I think, yeah, I was going to say the Reds were getting close to that, too, but I don't think they have done it yet. They're the worst team in the history of the uh, So, yeah. The Blue Jays, they're, uh, they're last place. The White Sox are last. Like, the White Sox have come out and said everyone is available. <clears throat> Who do you want, and how much do you want to give me for them? <laughs> Fire sale. <laughs> no, they absolutely have. So, I mean, if you want Quintana, if you want, you know, Avasail Garcia, Go Jose here. Abreu, yeah. they said everybody. Everybody. Jose Abreu is available. You think a couple teams could use a really good right-handed bat? Yeah. And uh, does that mean such luminaries as Melky Cabrera are available as well? He is. I mean, you, you may scoff a little bit, but no. Melky Cabrera is an He's absolutely capable NFL, uh, NFL MLB outfielder. Yep. Who can hit a little too, and he can. He's a clutch hitter, uh, and he's done it. In, and he's done it in the postseason. There's somebody that played for the White Sox that I thought still played for them. Cabrera. They, I could make the, the other Cabrera. Oh yeah, I don't know that he's no healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a thing. I don't know if he's even on the team. Uh, Frazier has been one of their, but he's dude. He's a, a power hitter who hits like two eighteen. Yeah. I mean, there's just not a lot of good players on that team, and there's a couple good players, but not enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They all uh, no for White Sox fans. Uh, shout out to to Nate Taylor, my man, back in Syracuse. Um, 
the White Sox are going to retire Mark Burley's number this year, which is important. Mark Burley. Perfect game, Mark Burley. Hell of a pitcher. Yeah, yeah. A very good pitcher. A Hall of Fame caliber pitcher. Hopefully he makes the Hall of Fame someday. It's uh, funny with pitcher stats. Yeah. It's it's hard because when you compare people's stats nowadays to like <coughs> pitchers from the earlier eras of baseball, they really don't stack up. It's hard to um, to look at numbers for pitchers right. uh, on equal footing. Hitters are hitters. Right. Hitter stats are pretty consistent throughout eras. Um, although you had the four hundred, the higher averages yeah, back in the but day. Fifty years ago, you had four man rotations. Yeah, just guys had more wins. The right. win numbers were stupidly higher. You never, you almost never took a pitcher out. A three hundred win pitcher nowadays is like a super rare. Like, I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. You're getting to the point because you got back in back in the sixties, which was right before they went to a five man rotation. Thirty win seasons were not. Completely out of the question. Right. I mean, because a guy would get 38 starts. Right. 40, almost 40 starts. Well, now these guys aren't even, a lot of, most pitchers don't get 30 starts in a season. Right. And so 20 win seasons are pretty rare. Yeah. I remember, uh, geez, who, didn't somebody win the Cy Young with like 12 wins a couple years ago? Because yes. he played for an awful team. 12 and 11. I think it was Francisco, uh, or not, um. Garcia. Yes. For the, for the Mariners. I believe yeah. that was the year that he won. I think he was 12 and 11 or, or something like that. Yeah. 12 and 10, some crap. Like Might have even been 12 and 14 or 14. He, I, I don't think he would, he, no, I don't think he was losing. I don't think they would ever give it to a guy. But who I was think he had record. 12 wins. Yes, I know. I'm pretty sure you're right. It's 12 wins, which uh, would be not in consideration, no matter what the surrounding statistics were. Well, I mean, again, if you are, uh, it's it's a lot about advanced metrics and like wins above replacement and the comparison of you to the average guy. And he had no run support, right? You know, et cetera. Right. That's exactly, the, and then that is exactly who he was. Because, uh, man, I can't even think if it's. The, I don't think we have the right name even right now. Do I feel horrible? If Steve was here, he would have it. He'd be all over. It. Steve is our our baseball guru. He really is. Um, and I'm a baseball fan, but uh, Felix Hernandez, for Christ's yeah. sake, Garcia Hernandez, whatever. Jesus, and I said Francisco, not Felix. Yeah. The. What is wrong with me? Felix Hernandez, King Felix himself. There we go. I want to see his Cy Young season of 2010. Uh, let's see. 2010. Let's see what the stats were. Uh, can I have it? No. Nope. Now they want to talk about Rick Porcello. Well, screw this. Anyway, I think he was like 12 and 10. Or 12 and 11. Something like that. Now we're both searching. Don't you love Google? He was 13 and 12 with a 2.2. That's it. So we were close. All right, so we were close. He uh, started 34 games, six complete games. How many uh, How many strikeouts did he have? Something like 200 ish. 232. Yeah, yeah. So that was it. So it's 13 His and 12. His was 1.06. But he was ridiculously good. Yeah. Like he lost a lot of like two to ones. Yeah. He did. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so that's that. And I don't even know what the hell we were talking about to begin with. So. About stats and how they change from era to era. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. And so now we, we're, well, now you're in all, all these advanced statistics that we didn't even talk about yeah. 15 years ago. With wins, wins against replacement, yeah. uh, you know, uh, all this. And by the way, do, like, you, do you know who the highest, who has the highest war in the history of the major leagues? 
I mean, it's trout, but it's not. No, no, I mean history. Is like it they Europe? went, they went. Yeah, it's Babe Ruth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's. I mean, it's trout for the time frame. For all you guys who want to think that Babe Ruth was just a home run hitter, yeah, yeah. He, he also has the highest WAR in history. But since since uh, in the, among modern players, it's trout, and trout's WAR is ridiculous. And it's better than Babe Ruth over the same time frame. If yes, I'm, not I'm pretty. Yes, he's on so, track to overtake Babe yeah. Ruth as the best WAR ever. Um, but so speaking of that. Who do you like? Who do you like? Let's get into the MLB midseason report here. We've done the standings, kind of reset you on those. Because like we said earlier, this is really when a lot of people yeah. start paying attention. Basketball's over. Hockey's over. Football's been over for a while. Football's not really going to start up again for another month or so. And the real games don't start till September. So now it's all about baseball. They get center stage for a couple months. Right? Yeah, and it's usually really good. The thing I'll say is this. I don't know that we're going to have a lot of disagreement. I don't think so. With, the, with what we're about to talk about. But that's that's cool anyway because it may, might mean that the names we're pulling out are the right names. Um, so you wanted to, you wanted to talk about AL and NL MVP, Rookie of the Year, uh, Cy Young, and Manager of the Year. Yeah, and the so, major awards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's the MVP is the two guys that I don't know how you argue against the two guys. Well, you're going to say Judge and Harper now. The only thing is, with the National League, I think Harper is still probably the guy, but I think uh, one of his teammates is going to give him a Ryan Zimmerman is having a hell of a year. So he's, he's batting three he He's got 62 runs batted in, which is the exact same number as Bryce Harper. And Judge. Right. And Judge. Yes, exactly. He's tied for the Major League lead. In, no, I'm sorry. Paul Goldschmidt has 66. I'm sorry. And Jake Lamb has 65. Yeah, there's a couple guys with more. Both on Arizona, by the way. How are they not in first place? But anyway, so... He's got 62. Um, he obviously doesn't have the home run numbers to the same degree. Uh, Harper also does not have great home run numbers he has either. 20. He has 20, right. He's going to hit in the 40s? Probably. But what's Zimmerman got? 24, I think. No, he doesn't have 24. He'd be on the list. I'm looking at the leaders, and he's not on there. He has 19. So, they're, I mean, they're basically the same player, only Zimmerman only. has a better average. And... Harper's more well-known. Right, exactly. So Ryan Zimmerman really has a case of, well, maybe I'm the MVP. And then you got a guy like, you know, Votto's having a, another decent year. Uh, Daniel Murphy was also, has also been really good for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buster Posey's batting almost 340. But I think you're right. I think right now it's Harper, and clearly it's Judge. Judge leads the American League in batting average, home runs, runs batted in, and wins against replacement. He's having a stupidly good season. And he's a rookie. So, then the question is, can he win both awards? Yes. Yeah. I mean, will he? Is the and has that ever been done? Before? Ichiro. Ichiro won both awards. Yes. In the MVP? And he's not the only one either. Okay. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to look at it. like the NFL. They won't do it. If if a now I don't think a rookie's ever won the MVP. But I even I can, like the offensive player of the year didn't. One win each with Dak and, and Elliott. Right. Yeah, Elliott yeah. won Offensive Player of the Year, Dak won Rookie of the Year. So how is he the Offensive Player of the Year and not the best rookie? It's questionable. Right. So that's – and that's and, but baseball writers, as dumb as they are with their Hall of Fame bullshit, they're actually they're, – if, if a guy – if a rookie wins the MVP, well, clearly he was the Rookie of the Year. I mean, clearly. Yep. I mean, you can't have it both ways. So, um, although they have done some other stupid things, like the year they didn't give Hideki Matsui Rookie of the Year, even though he was a rookie, they came out and said, well, he played professionally in Japan, but so did Ichiro. And you gave it to him like two years before that. So what changed, assholes? Oh, that guy wears a Yankee uniform. Never mind. 
Right. Well, people like Matsui, too. Matsui's a really nice guy. I mean, he's got a porn addiction, but other than that, he's really cool. I mean, okay. I'm not going to hate on this <laughs> <laughs> So that's, I mean, I think that's for sure that's, those are your MVPs, okay? Uh, at least at this point. Now, Rookie of the Year, obviously Aaron Judge, and I'm going to say Cody Bellinger for sure in, in the National he's League. He's having a stupid league. He really, really is. I mean, he's the only. I mean, he's the only rookie in either league that's anything like just. And okay, so do you know who Cody Bellinger is? Do you know yeah. who his dad is? No. Clay Bellinger. Okay. Do you recall Clay Bellinger? The name's familiar. '90s Yankees Clay Bellinger. Yeah, Off the bench, Clay Bellinger, who you know kind of lucked himself into a couple of rings. Okay, so this is who I whose stats I thought you were with Zimmerman. He's got 24 home runs and 56 RBI. Cody Bellinger, yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, and, and that's he's clearly your rookie of the year at this point in the National League. Yep. Um, so there's that hitting twenty, hitting two sixty, which is nice for a young guy hitting mm-hmm. with twenty four. I mean, it's not three twenty seven. No, no. <laughs> that's what's crazy about Judge, though. Since we're talking about rookie of the year, is that he does not look like a rookie. Like well, and the way he the weird, it's weird how rookies work in Major League Baseball because he played in the Major Leagues last year a little but, bit, but he played 81, 81 like, at bats. Wasn't qualified numbers Correct. or whatever. Um, but he struck out like half his advance. It wasn't qualified numbers, and he didn't get Rookie of the Year votes. If he had gotten Rookie of the Year votes, he wouldn't be eligible to be a rookie okay, this year. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's why Gary Sanchez is not a rookie this year. Gary didn't play long enough to be, a, but he got rookie. He was second in Rookie of the Year voting, so he can't be a. He's not considered a rookie. So Judge, uh, batting three twenty seven. 27 home runs, 62 runs batted in. He does not look like and like he doesn't. He's never overmatched at the plate. Like Bellinger has his problem from last year. Though. He's 242 at bats with 81 strikeouts. Like he's swinging for the fences. Who Bellinger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Judge's was worse. I mean, he had 81, 82 at bats 41 and 41 strikeouts. I mean, he was literally <laughs> 500 as, as a strike. But this is now. Now he's. This is what's so amazing about him. He's not striking out at all. At all, right? Yeah. He he leads the league, I think, in walks like, too. Does he have LASIK surgery in the offseason? He's something? got like a 32 game on base streak going. He's yeah. reached safely in like 32 straight games. Yeah. It's just I don't know what the hell happened to him in the offseason. But I, as a Yankee fan, I'm really really happy about it. All right, Cy Young. Are we Cy Young next? Is that what's up next? Yeah. Okay, Cy Young Award. Uh, it's I, it's 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 to me, it's Vargas and Kershaw. Oh, those are the two names I have written down. <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, the thing with Vargas is that this is part of the reason that I we talked King Felix, like that. I, I was like, who was that guy? With right, the, right. Because this is going to be him. Yeah, because I, he's twelve and three on a five hundred team. Now you're going to get people who now Chris Sale is similar in ERA, with literally like triple the strike. Right, similar in ERA, similar in wins with a ton more strikeouts, and see, he plays for the Red Sox. I want to see Chris Sale's one hundred and sixty-six strikeouts. Yeah, I want to say that was the number. Yeah, and Vargas has seventy-four. Right, so Chris well, Vargas Sa- is twelve and three on a five hundred team. They're right. forty one and four. It's very impressive what yeah. he's doing. But I, I, at the end of the day, I think I, I would do Vargas. I think if they were giving it out today, I think Sale Sale probably, Sale get. probably gets Sale and Kershaw. Uh, Scherzer also has a strong case. Scherzer's having a great year too. Absolutely. Uh, but Kershaw's twelve and two with a two point three two ERA and one hundred and thirty five strikeouts on the fifty five and twenty nine LA Dodgers. Well, as Vargas has the same numbers, 12 and 3 with a 2.22 ERA and only 74 strikeouts, but on a 41 and 40 Royals team. So, right. I mean, those are my guys. Yeah, I, I, I agree with it. Like I said, well, I think Sale would win. I would like to the, see Vargas get it. This is the thing, too. The two guys from the Nationals can have a strong second half and take this award. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, they can. This award is not sewn up. Yeah, Scherzer and Gonzalez can both come in here and, and take that away. Um. No, I was thinking Scherzer and... Uh, and Zimmerman? No, it's, uh, can 
the kid ever with Strasburg. Oh, is yeah. Strasburg's having a really good year too. He's so is Gio Gonzalez has a two point seven seven ERA. Yeah. They have a really good staff. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then uh, I didn't put reliever yeah. of the year, but no, you put manager. Of the year. But reliever of the year probably would be right now Craig, Craig Kimball and Greg Holland. Greg Holland has twenty six saves for the for the Colorado Rockies. They've only won forty eight games. Save numbers are overrated. Isn't but that's what's that's, that's the only thing to really base it on. But, right. Um, boy, your eighth inning guy is just as important as your ninth inning guy. You know, yeah. you remember like those Stanton and Nelson teams the Yankees had, and then, then it became obviously do. you do. So and much. then then they had the two of them combined oh, with Rivera, yes. and Rivera got all the accolades. But the way those guys, oh, the, yeah. you had the two guys that get one righty, Rivera, one lefty. Was, oh my god, what a staff! You know, so yeah. So good, Graham, and then Graham Chapman. Is that his name, Chapman? The Australian, the big lanky Australian dude. I don't remember him. You don't? Nelson and, and Rivera. Well, anyway, they had a bunch of good relievers out of there. Um, the manager of the year thing's obvious because there's only one guy you can give it to. It's AJ Hinch, I think. Um, I don't know. I really, I'm telling you now. And, and Socha has done such a job with. All the injuries they've had, plus low expectations. They have a, he has that team at 500 without Mike Trout. He hasn't had Mike Trout for the last month. Dude. I, I know. I know what you're – and I know. before A.J. Hinch got to Houston Astros, they were 70 and 92 in yeah. 2014. His first season, they're 86 and 76. Last year, they're 84 and 78. This year, they're 56 and 27. They are the best team in baseball. That's crazy. That's going to get him a lot of consideration. I'm just saying, if you look at it, what Mike Socha has done in Los Angeles is amazing. But none that of these individual right. stat leaders we're talking about play for Houston. That's no, well, no, they don't. Not the stat leaders. However, they got a bunch of guys that are right there. Uh, you got Ken Giles, who has 19 saves. Uh, Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve. Correa's second in wins above replacement. Altuve is tied for third, uh, 3.9, 3.8, respectively. Uh, Dallas Kuechel has nine wins. He hasn't pitched in a while. Lance McCullers has a 2.69 ERA. He also hasn't pitched in a while. That's what's also crazy about this. It's good. They've got three-fifths of their starting rotation on the DL, and they're still just mowing people down like crazy. Uh, Carlos Correa is fourth in RBI. Uh, George Springer's third in home runs. Uh, Carlos Guerra is fifth in batting average. So they've got guys on the list. They're just not leaving. They are a really good team. Yes, they are. Really, but really good. They're led by a very good manager. Yes, A.J. Hinch, definitely. So National League, then? You know, two weeks ago, you had to give it to the Rockies manager, but... It might be Dusty Baker now. Yeah. Um, Again. It probably should be. Yeah. There's there's something to be said for... Just, it's, it's a lot like the Popovich or Belichick thing. Yeah. Like... Look, just because you won it last year, or just because you you know the best team isn't on paper is not always the best team on the field. Correct. And when you have the best team on paper, a lot of times you have egos and you have things like that. Oh, I thought you said Philadelphia Eagles. What egos? <laughs> the Eagles are rarely the best team on paper or on the field. Dream team, baby. But you, uh, you know, to get fifty-five and twenty-nine out of the best team on paper. Is easier said than done sometimes. Do you want to talk CFL football next? The Grey Cup? What? It's preseason, The 20-yard end zone right. is where it's so, at. Dude, the 20-yard end zone is it's where the it's best. at. It's the best. It's the best. We'll talk CFL this summer sometime. Uh, surprise team of the year so far? I, I got to give it to Houston. I don't know how you don't. I don't think that's a surprise, to be honest with you. Dude. That roster is so good, I, I'm not surprised. We're a 500 team two years in a row. I'm just saying it's not a huge surprise. I, I think I honestly think, and and it it might be just because I'm a Yankee. I think the Yankees are a very big surprise. I'm surprised by the Yankees too. 
Um, and it, again, two weeks ago, I like I think the Rockies and the Yankees probably are the two teams you got. Yes. Win. Okay. All right. But but now you like Houston's I, winning seventy percent of the freaking games, dude. It's like they are like they are the nineteen ninety eight Yankees right now, or the Mariners that same season then. Two thousand. That's the two thousand Mariners. They won one hundred and sixteen games and lost, lost in the ALCS to yeah. David Justice and the New York Yankees. Yeah. Okay, and of course, I I don't think there's any other. Uh, my last one was surprise player, just because I wanted to hear you say the name. Say it. No. Say it. Obviously, you're a judge. Come on. Say it. <laughs> All no, right. There's no real surprise. Now, no, you, that's a huge you, well, surprise. Well, you talk about surprise teams. I'll also give you another one: the Cubs. I'm oh, that, that's I'm disappointing. Really, really surprised in a negative way that the Cubs are forty. I, I'm a little surprised at how good Atlanta has been because they have not been any good. For a while. I wish Steve was here to tell us more. Yeah, because they, they've been really good. They do have, uh, obviously, everyone gets an all-star. Their all-star is Ender Enciarte. Really good player. If you don't know this kid, he's really, really good. I and like they, that, by the way, that every team gets an all-star. Yeah, I do, too. Because it gives you a reason to watch the all-star. Right. And in the MLB, there's enough players in the all-star game right. that it makes sense to give everyone an all-star. Like, in the, in the NBA, you can do it. In the NFL, they don't do it. Like, there were no Cleveland Browns. And that kind of sucks because Joe Thomas is an all-star player, like right, or pro pro bowl player. But, but all star, you know is what? Fine. The NFL all-star is irrelevant anyway. It's the dumb. It's the worst it's, one. It's garbage. So. Everything else, the NFL does so many things and are the best at so many things. That is not Dude, it. The other three sports get the all-star game so right. Well, like, NHL all-star games. Ugh. It's it's a lot like the NBA. There's no defense played, and that's great. Right. Like these people that worry about like the NBA all-star game being 200 to 180, like. Go to hell. Yeah, and, uh, I get to have fun for a day. But cool with it. as far as All Star games go, and we're coming up on it right now, the NA, the MLB All Star game is awesome. It is the most. It's a representative game. It's yeah. an actual game. Yep. The guys actually play the actual game the way it's actually played every day. And you get to go, like the way the pitchers rotate is awesome. Right. Like we're gonna have Pedro Martinez pitch the first inning. Then we're gonna have CZ Sabathia pitch the second. Right. Inning. You, like you'll get so a bunch cool. of starters. They'll get uh, you know two Funny innings. Two, yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's the only real difference. But and still, it doesn't matter because you got so many of them, and you don't want to wear any one of them out anyway. Well, and then also you get like, okay, we're gonna bring you know, Aaron Aaron Judge is a bad example because he won't come off the bench. But no, he'll bring, be starting. But he'll bring he'll, a great power hitter off the bench right. that you know to face the right-handed pitcher. The like say if it were Albert Pujols yeah. or something like that. Right. Exactly. Right. Let's so. bring him off to get one at bat in. You know, and that's next week, and I'm really excited. about I love that. Major League Baseball. It's the best. I and also love how they all wear their own uniforms. Yes. And and it's just cool. Yeah. It's just a cool. Now you know, the the big question is: Is Aaron Judge going to participate in the home run derby? Much like the dunk contest. Yeah. I just wish that they would take the best guys and go, you, you know, have to do it. You're making $30 million a year in the case of guys in the NBA. Like, Le- imagine in, in the NBA, if you could get LeBron, Durant, Blake Griffin, yeah. you know, and, and you know guys like that to be in the dunk contest. Paul George? Right. Right. It'd be so cool. And yes, 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 still put Zach Levine in. Still put Aaron Gordon in. Right. Right. They're deserving. But, like... You know, when LeBron throws it to himself off the backboard in a game because he's too far away to throw a finger roll, and he's like, oh, crap, in midair. Right. In the freaking NBA Finals. I mean, like, know, I he's want, not that good, though. I want that guy in the dunk he's, contest. He's not, he's, I want him in the dunk contest. Ten freaking clearly, years clearly not the best player ever. Yeah. All right, so anyway, we're going to take another break. All right, this and time. talk about who is the best player. So we're going to talk about that when we come back on Sports and Beer with Friends. But first, we're going to have another Cypress Hill song for you from their album Black Sunday. Uh, this one is going to be uh, from uh, it's a track number 10 off the Black Sunday album from 1993. It's called Hits from the Bong. I wonder what it's about. 
Very cryptic title. Very, very cryptic. Yes, they spoke in tongues. They did. So, all right, so we'll do that right uh, right now, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our top ten NBA players of all time. So uh, enjoy this, and we'll be back after this on Sports and Beer with Friends. It's from the bong by Cypress Hill. Can you hear me? Yeah. No. 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 I can only hear you through my own microphone. That was Hits from the Bong from Cypress Hill. Thanks, Mike. So that was Hits from the Bong from Cypress Hill. Welcome back to Sports and Beer with Friends. Uh, We are here with you. Uh, It's been kind of bi-weekly. When we get to football, it's got to be every week because there's way too much stuff. Yeah, you can't. There's only 16 games. I mean, there's way too much stuff. Like, we got to get down and and do our schedule for what we're going to do as far as previews of divisions and all this. Because this stuff, that shit matters, man. Yeah, football matters. What? Football, motherfucker. The defending champions being the most important thing about football. Or the team that everyone wants to talk about all the time, which is the The other team. Not really. You know it's true. Talking. Who gets more pup? Yeah, the Super Cowboys. The Cowboys get the pub, buddy. Why? Sexy. America's team. Thank you. Spy game. Deflate game. We get all the games. Fourth of, Fourth of July weekend. Champion it's game. all about America, and it's America's team. All right, but we're not talking about... Light off some fireworks right now. <laughs> got a bunch. Oh, my God. Look at all the fireworks. Okay. So uh, we are going to talk now about uh, the top ten NBA players of all time. So normally in this segment, we do our dumb sports list of the week, but we're not doing that this week because it's kind of tapped out. I'm sure out. some people will think that this is dumb. I mean, some people are going to disagree with us, which is... It's okay to be wrong. Yeah. 
it's okay to be wrong. I'm sure we're going to disagree with so, each other at some point. So the impetus for this, though, was I was looking for a dumb sports list of the week, and I ran across a one that was just so dumb that I couldn't even possibly put it on the air. And it was a sure, top, totally used that. top 10 NBA players of all time. But it was only dumb for one reason, because the top 10 NBA players of all time did not include LeBron James. Oh, God. Right. It was okay. a top 10 yeah, list right. that didn't have LeBron James on it. Then that's just a hater. Right. Because I, I'll bring numerical backup to my state. Right. I've got... And you can't possibly if, if you don't have him on the list. No, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like saying Terrell Owens isn't a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Which is not. More about that. We will. He isn't a Hall of Fame wide receiver, but he and that's damn the only well metric by which you can call him be. not a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Right. So, previous to talking about any of this, I just want to mention one thing that I found yeah. super interesting, and that's for career points per game in the NBA. There's only fifty something guys that average over twenty for their career points per game. Was Tracy McGrady one of them? He was definitely on the list. Okay. Good. Yeah. 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 Um, I can't say where Hall of Famer Tracy McGrady. If you don't think, and also it, should definitely be a Hall of Famer. Right. If you don't think Tracy McGrady should be a Hall of Famer, we can't speak. Yep. Because that's stupid. Yep. Right. A lot like okay. you. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. I think a cool way to do this would be talk from start at ten. Okay. Yeah. No. And you I, go ahead. Just to give you, um, I picked two guys from each position because I thought that was the right way to do it because I think there's uh, equality among the positions. I guess. And it also gave me a list of guys that I think are all deserving. So, um, And one, one of the things I found funny is that the weakest position in the history of the league is power forward. Yeah, it really is. Though. As funny as it is. Right. Because my number 10 and 9 guys on my list are both power forwards. My number 10 is also a power forward. My number 9 is not. Okay. So my 10th best player in the history of the league is Carl Malone, the male. Averaged for his career. Now, mind you, second highest points, total points in the history of the league behind only Kareem. 25 points a game, 10 rebounds, 3.6 assists, 1.4 blocks. And his numbers were identical, essentially, in the playoffs. That's one of the things I, I met with. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Cool. Like, was this guy better, worse? Because I didn't really put anybody on my list that was worse in the playoffs. Um, and his best ever season was 31-11 and 11 in 1989-1990. That's my 10th best player historically, Carl the Mailman Malone. All right. Is he on your list? He is not, actually. He's just okay. off the list. I was going to say, he's probably a guy that just barely didn't make it. Just off the list. My number 10 Who's guy. Who's the best player that didn't make your list? Probably Carl Malone. Okay, because mine's Bill Russell. Wow, you should put Bill Russell on the list. Because he'd be number 11. Wow. Yeah, that's clearly the best player that does not make your yeah. list. Uh, my number 10 is Kevin Garnett. Okay. Okay, and Garnett for a lot of reasons. Yep. And they're not necessarily all numbers-based, but um, first... Uh, number you do want to know about Kevin Garnett. He's he's made more money than any basketball player ever. Really? Yes. Look okay. it up. He has he has made the most money of any basketball player ever. I would have assumed that will Kobe. that will soon go away. Right. Obviously with the new CBA. Right. That's that's I not going to last. Kobe just because no. he made stupid money for the last two years, and obviously when he was good, he was making good money. The contract that he signed in Minnesota was ridiculous. Nice. Okay. Okay. So he made a lot of money, and he was also a great offensive player, a great defensive player, and a seven foot one inch power forward who had range, not three point range, not today's kind of range, but he could he. Kevin Garnett, if you left him open at 18 feet, you were dead. Him and Malone had that in common. Absolutely. You were dead. And he could defend you, and he got in your head, and he got in his own teammates' head. Like, I saw him make yeah. Big Baby cry. Literally. Literally cry in a game. 
Not practice. It's a shame that Stefan Marbury left. Yes. No, it absolutely is. Because yeah. they had that no chance to be really good. That Malik Seeley died. Yeah. You know, Joe yeah. Smith yeah. wasn't there long. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened to that franchise. That could have been a really, really good team. And Kevin Garnett was one of the best players yeah. in the history of this league. As an aside, Minnesota has a future. Oh, no, da- no right doubt. Now. Yeah, with Jimmy Butler going there, which we didn't discuss in the NBA they have Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns. They just shipped Ricky Wiggins. Rubio out. Now it's like Wiggins. Who's the point guard now? Zach Levine's gone because he they, they shipped him to Chicago. They just got somebody. Right. They just got another point guard. I, that's why I'm, I asked because yeah. I can't think of it yeah. off the top of my head. So I, I'm okay with Rubio. Yeah, I don't want Rubio. Yeah. I like Rubio, but I don't want him on Minnesota. Yeah, they're going to be really good. Okay, so anyway. So, there's, so who's your number nine? Tim Duncan. Also not on my list. Okay, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So Tim Duncan... Um, it's it's something it's not really about the career stats, but he did average for his career nineteen point three. So again, here's a guy didn't average twenty points. Tim Duncan, probably the best power forward ever. Yeah, he's certainly in the conversation, yes. and that's where I would have him as number nine on this list. Uh, ten point eight rebounds for his career. Yes, um, and mind you, he played late into his career and was not acquiring stats for his last three or four seasons. Uh, three assists, two point two blocks a game for his career. Um, Small upgrade in the playoffs. He's like eleven point four rebounds. Or yeah, something. yeah, like, but you know, just uh, he's a big time player. Basically, <laughs> same numbers in the playoffs and played in two hundred or something. You know, career Rid- playoffs. A ridiculous amount of playoffs. Best season was two thousand one. Averaged twenty five and twelve. So I mean, that's all right. Yeah, and five championships and a lot of other stuff that goes along with being Tim Duncan. The big fundamental. The thing with Tim Duncan is there's a guy that is the opposite of a cancer. Right. Like, if you wanted to hold a kid, like, my kid, I wanted to talk about be like that dude, mm-hmm. Tim Duncan. Like, his nickname, the big fundamental that people call him. Like, it's, start it's kind off of, as an insult? Right, it's kind of a joke about him. But I'm telling you right now, if you want to teach a kid to be a power forward in the NBA, yeah. you just throw on tape of Tim Duncan. Yeah. Do that. If you can do that, you're going to be good. Learn to shoot these angle bank shots, post up like this, right. work off of the left hand, right shoulder, left hand, right hand. The passing. His passing from the post. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yep. You know who else was really underrated at that was Yao Ming. Yao Ming was a really, really good player, but like many guys who are seven foot four and above, he had feet problems. Foot problems, but he yeah. was an excellent. I've never seen a guy that size pass like that. Um, all right, my number nine is a guy who at one point probably was considered the best player, or at least one of the top three players in the NBA history. It's Dr. J. Okay. So that's where we differ, is at number 9 and 10, I would assume. Yeah. So Dr. J, t- well, no, because I've got, I got Bill Russell on my list too, buddy. So. Oh, okay. All right. So Dr. J, obviously, if you're not aware, the doctor, uh, Julius Irving. Jeff Teague was the point guard that the Minnesota picked up. All right, that's okay. That's I like that with him. With them. Really good. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. okay. Um, so anyway, Dr. J uh, obviously started out in the ABA with the Virginia Squires and then the, uh, and then, then the, the, the New York Nets. And then when they merged the two leagues, they forced... He's like the reason the ABA came to the NBA. Exactly. He's one, him and a couple, a handful of other guys like Artis Gilmore and guys like that. They are the... And George Gervin. Gervin, yeah. Yeah, they are the reason why the NBA agreed to merge. And it didn't take all the ABA teams. It only took like four of them. San Antonio, Indiana, um, uh, uh, shit. Um, obviously the Nets. And there was one other... Uh, the Rockets. Yeah. Um, who were in Denver at the time, but now are in Houston. So anyway... So Dr. J, like at that time, he was probably the greatest player of the 70s. Probably the greatest player of the 70s. One of the great dunkers of all time. Like he inspired. He kind of made the dunk what the dunk is today. Right. So Dr. J is my number nine guy. Okay. So the reason Dr. J isn't on my list is because I picked two guys from each position, and he's the fourth best shooting guard in the history. Okay. Behind two, the two obvious ones and Dwayne Wade. Okay. 
You gotta look at statistics. No, no, I understand. Okay, numbers wise, okay. I, yeah, I just I like Dr. J better than I like Dwayne Wade, but I I, I, get I do it. too. Dwayne Wade is a great basketball player. I was seven when he retired, and I cried when Dr. J retired. I swear to God. All right, cool. I remember to this day we're watching on our wooden Magnavox. Uh, I'm crying. Yeah, I mean yeah. Dr. J, and like I said, I'm a Boston Celtics fan. I got no love for Philadelphia in any sport, actually. Yep. None, zero. I don't like Villanova. I don't like the Sixers. I don't like the Flyers. I don't like the Eagles, and I don't like the Phillies. I hate all these things. Right? <laughs> I hate all of these things. My team plays in the division with the Phillies. Here's here's weird. I love the city. Philadelphia's a oh, wonderful, a wonderful city. Anyway, really go ahead. iconic American city. Awesome, anyway. great. Number eight, I got Kobe. <clears throat> Kobe Bean Bryant. Okay. Uh, Kobe was the man. He scored eighty-one points in a game. Uh, he they let him, but he did it. Right, Michael uh, Jordan Jr. He's Jordan Light. No, he really yeah, averaged yeah. twenty five, five and five with one point four steals a game. He's just same exact numbers in the playoffs and, over a ton and, of playoff games. If you want to think about it, he's Jordan Light, but he's not that far off Jordan. He really isn't. No, like he, he was close. The thing with Kobe that's different than the thing from Jordan is Kobe was never relied upon to do what Jordan did in carrying the franchise offensively. He, because he, he had Shaq and he had Pau Gasol. Yeah. You know, early in Jordan's career when he averaged 37 a game, yeah, yeah, he okay, didn't yeah. have no, he didn't. the offensive help. And the game was played a little faster, I think. And just, I think so, too. Just some it, changes that, right. that caused It was a more wide-open game back in the late 80s, early 90s. It was probably the best basketball ever, but yeah. But if Michael Jordan never played in the league, he'd be the second. He'd be the best shooting guard in the history of the league. Okay. Yeah. I'll go with that. Uh, yeah, sure. But I got him eighth on the list. Okay. And, and I do not like Kobe. Right. Okay? But I can't diss Kobe's greatness. Absolutely. So my number eight guy is Bill Russell. Okay. Well, it's kind of cool that you don't have him like two or three where I'm feeling. No, no, no. no, no. Because offensively, he wasn't great. That's it. Right. So here's the Bill Russell numbers. Now, numbers from the 50s and 60s are weird. Yes. Because they put up a shit ton of shots. They really did. And guys got a ton of rebounds. And they never never made any of them. It's crazy. They didn't just have – they didn't have the – the advanced metrics and the offensive efficiency and the three-point shot and all these things that caused you to want to get great offensive possessions, it was about getting a quick shot. But Russell's numbers for his career, 16.2 points a game, 24.9 rebounds a game. His best season in rebounding was 29.9 rebounds a game in 1961, and his best overall season, 22.4 points, 26.4 rebounds in 1962. So what? And 11. 62 was good. Yeah. That was, I mean... That was a wow. season. <laughs> and, and 11 rings. And 11 rings. Now, I have him 11th on my list for almost... Right. 11 rings. And because there's two centers I have above him, and he's that's why he's not... I, I get it. I've got three centers on my list. I got four, I have four centers yeah, in my top ten. Because I don't have Kareem on here either. Right. He probably is on aye, aye. So I would have neither Tim Duncan nor Carl Malone on the list if I went... I would have A different Russell format. Right, right. and right. Jabbar on the list. Right, right. So, um... Uh, all right, so my number eight was Russell. Your number seven, Shaq. Okay. So Shaquille O'Neal's career numbers are twenty three point seven points, ten point nine rebounds, two point five assists, two point three blocks, and Shaq played crappy late in his career because he was old and not good anymore, basically. And if you look at his stats earlier in his career, he was ridiculous. Um, in Orlando, the 1993 season, he averaged 29.3 points and 13.2 rebounds. And in L.A. in 99, he averaged 29.7 and 13.6. Right. And that's with another guy dominating the ball and, you know, in Kobe. And the thing about Shaq was just the way he made your team 
everything you talked about defensively was how the heck can we stop Shaq? The and and the thing about Shaquille O'Neal is not just what he actually was on the floor, but the kind of team building presence he was. Fantastic human being. He, he made is. everybody love coming to work every damn day. They all loved him and he he was he is your cat he's the ultimate cat team captain. He keeps everyone together, keeps it all light. When things are tough, he gets I mean, he comes up with comes up with a new nickname for himself. Yeah. I'm the big Aristotle. Yeah. I'm the big cactus. Yeah. I'm the big whatever yeah. it is today. I'm the diesel. The thing with Shaq, too, was that he gets a little flack because of his size. And it's like, well, if you were that big, you'd be, the, you'd be in the NBA, too. But nobody's that big! Hey, nobody's that big. And nobody's, nobody's like, his agility and passing and all of his skill set was amazing. It, the size was just the, you know, the icing on the cake. Right. You know? So, uh, Shaq's my number seven. Okay. My number seven guy is also Shaquille O'Neal, and it's oh, for all the cool. exact same reasons. That's I think cool. he's about the seventh best player that's ever played in this league, and that's saying something. That's pretty cool. I thought you might not have Shaq on your list. No, no. Shaq's, Shaq's on my list, dude. you got to put top ten players in the NBA history. If Shaquille O'Neal's not on your list, you need to start thinking about... I could have seen, like, Elijah Wan instead of him, for example. Yeah, I mean, he's another guy. He's probably in that 11, 12, 13 range. Yeah. Eli- I love Elijah Wan so he's much. He's one of the guys that was in high consideration that didn't quite make it. I think, to me, Elijah Wan's probably the most underrated superstar in the history of the league. The guy was so good at everything. A like, lot of guys from the seasons of about 1991 to about 1998. Yeah. Had they another get, issue. They get underrated because of the fact that they didn't win as much as they probably could have. Yeah. All right. So you, my number seven. We don't get into the same because it's the same reasons. Yeah. It really, really is. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Number six is Magic. Okay. Yes. I have Magic not on the top ten. I could. I could not. I could see an argument for that too. Okay. Um, I think he's the second best point guard. In the history Horrible of the shooter. That is it. So Magic, another guy, did not average twenty. Nineteen point five points a game, seven rebounds. Um, 11 assists for his career, um, averaged 12.3 assists uh, in the playoffs, so and played a ton of playoff games, multiple championships in a great era. Brought him and Bird, the way they they created today's NBA. They saved the NBA. The reason you we're sitting here talking about basketball right. is Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. It was an afterthought league. It was basically hockey. Yeah. And it ain't hockey no more. It's show ain't. Yeah. It is a global game with billions of fans. A lot of guys can look at their career and their pocketbooks and thank Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and to a, to another degree Matt, uh, Michael Jordan and Dr. J. You know those are the guys because those were the guys. You're right. Yeah, and that's why Magic's on my list, and because he kind of also ushered in the era of uh, the big point guard and the, the, the you know when I was a kid there was a lot of five foot eleven point guards in the NBA, yes. and that guy is is a is a thing of the past to the to a great degree in today's league. Correct. All right, my number six guy is Kobe Bean Bryant. Okay. And it's, I just feel like that's where, I mean, but we're, we're not going to split hairs at six to eight. I mean, yeah. that's, it's, yeah. it's a range. That's yeah. where it should be. Uh, I think Kobe, again, uh, Michael Jordan Light, a lot of the same reasons. He was an absolute assassin in big games. You want, if, if I'm telling you, you want a shot taken, there's two guys in that time frame that he played that I want taking the last shots Kobe Bryant and another guy who's not on the list, Paul Pierce. Those guys are going to knock that, that down that shot every single time, just about. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul Pierce, I think if you had, if you had, you just said you just you just got to make this one shot. It's going down today, right now. He'll he'll put it in. I like Joe Johnson for that too. Joe Johnson Joe also Johnson. good. He just unfortunately the teams he played on not yeah. as good. All right. So number six, mine, Kobe being Bryant. Number five for you. 
Number five for me, I had to put the two of them together, is Larry. Okay. Uh, Larry Legend at number five, uh, second best small forward in the history of the league to do a little prefacing on where my list is going. Uh, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 1.7 steals is a career number. Um, his playoff numbers are literally identical to that in a ton of playoff games. So no drop-off in the playoffs. Intense defender. Didn't, you know, underrated a, a, athlete. Especially in the construct of team defense. And and if there's a loose ball, he's floor burn all my all floor burn team. Yeah, you know? he and the, the, some of the plays that he Iconic made plays. against Detroit when he tips that ball to Dennis Johnson, and they win the game yeah. because of that stupid play. And Johnny Most, who has apparently had smoked thirty seven cigarettes in the last half hour, let DJ DJ lays it in. You know those those plays, and that's who Larry Bird was big time. You want to talk about assassins? Larry Bird's an assassin. Yep. He will kill you. One of the guys that that made the three point shot, the the weapon it is today, um, that you know his popularity and his ability to shoot and the three point shooting contests and everything else. Absolutely. Um, just an awesome player. So my number five, and the reason why I broke in so much is also Larry Joe Bird. Okay. The legend. My favorite basketball player of all time, Larry Bird. Is I, I trust me. I want to put him number one. He's not the best player that's ever played, but hey, man, he's, he's underrated. If he ain't in your top ten, that's for sure. Absolutely, he better be in your top five because yeah, because yeah, he'll probably come find you if he's not. You will find him. <laughs> great executive too. For what it's worth, not that helps him on this list, but he's a great executive. only coach for what two seasons? Yeah. One one coach of the year, and then decided my heart can't hit, take this shit. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, uh, number four. And the fact that he's fourth kind of speaks to the quality of the top five is, is Oscar Robertson. Um, not, on my, not on my list. It's crazy. She should be. I know, but he's not. Third place in the MVP voting the year he averaged a triple-double. Yeah. Behind the guy who's going to be ahead of him on my list. Uh, but he averaged for his career 25.7 right. points, 7.5 rebounds, 9.5 assists. For his career. Right. That that guy that's ahead of him probably is the most valuable player in the history of the league. Yeah, no yeah, question. Perfectly yeah. right. Um, but uh, the the problem with some of the older guys, again, statistically it's hard to, hard to gauge. And it's, look, I never saw this guy play. And so I can only tell right. you on limited tape I've seen and numbers. Right. But the numbers for him are sublime. And, and as, a, as a point guard, 6'8", 25 oh. points a game for his career. And, and that's that's ahead of his time because point guards then were 6'1". Right. Or 5'11". So you can imagine why he was just right. dominating dudes. Right. And average a triple-double. And he's and we're still talking about him today 55 years later. And won back-to-back championships in the, in the NCAA as well, by yeah. the way. For Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. Right. Um, my number four, so this is different. So here's the thing, too. And Mike's a little younger than I am, so he does definitely look at through the lens of a, a, a Kind of more recent NBA where it's it's all guard driven. Everything's guard, guard, guard. Well, back when I was growing up, it was all center, center, center. My number four, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Not on your list. So there, there's the switch right there. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is number four on my list and not on yours. You have Oscar Robinson number four on yours, not on mine. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scored the most points in the history of the league. He has the single most uh, most unstoppable offensive shot in the history of the game. Like he could go out there and do it today, and guys still wouldn't be able to stop it. Only because of the way I pick two people at each position. Is yes. Are Kareem and Russell not on my list? Correct. I and understand. I can't even say they would be 9 and 10. Honestly. Right. 
they belong in this conversation. Right, correct. So, so so Kareem is number four for me. Um, he scored over thirty eight thousand points. Right. right now, a lot of that is longevity is a thing. Um, yeah, and, but he was effective when he was old. But the thing is with him is that he would not have played those years has he not gone broke. Had he not been robbed by his agent, he would have retired probably six years before he did. But he had to keep playing because he didn't have any money. None. And now he's got a statue. Right, and now he's fine. But he still doesn't. I mean, he should have a lot more money than he so has. So one of the things that we talk about with Shaq that you mentioned is how likable Shaq was and how great of a teammate he was. And from all accounts, that was not Kareem. Kareem Abdul was the ab- yeah. Kareem Abdul Jabbar was the exact opposite. He was very dour. He didn't really. He wasn't sociable. He didn't talk to other guys. He didn't like other guys. Yeah. I remember uh, a story. Magic Johnson, when he was a rookie, his first game, they won on like a last-second buzzer beater, and Magic's going crazy, and he's jumping around, and he's grabbing Kareem around the neck, going nuts, and Kareem's like, dude, it, this is the first game of the season. I need you to calm down. <laughs> Get up off me, son. <laughs> right. I mean, we can't, listen, we got to do 82 of these. Can we not do this right now? Yeah. Come on. I'm trying to win a championship. And you're, and you're going nuts over game one. We just We're going to be the one seed in right. the West. We, we just beat down. Milwaukee. Relax. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's my number four. Your number three is LeBron James. Okay. LeBron. Uh, so one of the things I prefaced this whole conversation was is how difficult it is to score 20 points a game and to average 20. LeBron has averaged 20 every, every year of his career. The only year he didn't average over 25 was his first season. And that's in today's NBA. Right. And, and so different from the Will Chamberlain days and things of that nature. His career statistics are 27, 7, and 7. With 1.6 steals. His playoff statistics are 28, 9, and 7 with 1.8 steals. Yes. Like, so he only gets better when yes. the playoffs come around. And I will tell you this. This current NBA is, from a team standpoint, so much better defensively than NBA from the 60s and 70s. Advanced metrics are real. Yes. And team defenses are so much better now. And individual players are in better shape. Yes. You the nutrition's better. The there's no they, just the fat dude who's seven feet tall out there. You know what I mean? They identify these kids when they're eight years old, and yeah, I mean it's just it's yeah. And his dominance of the league, like making consecutive finals with mediocre teams, a lot of times I understand that people make the argument that you know he he picked his team in in Miami. Yeah, great. Like, Dwayne Wade's really good. Chris Bosh is like. A above average role player, and then they had like other dudes, right? And now Donis Haslam, like, the Cavaliers were the worst team in the NBA. Bro, he made Mario Chalmers an All Star, right? And other guys who are James Jones, like, right? He's a guy whose name you know, right? And the Cavaliers were the worst team in the NBA for four seasons when LeBron wasn't there, mm-hmm. and they made the finals the year before he left, and they made the finals the year when he got back. I yep. wonder how good LeBron was. What was the difference? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so and my you go ahead. Yeah, well, Finish just up. it's. I think his teammates are a little overrated. First of all, for the if you want to argue that he's made his teams, like, if you want to tell me that J.R. Smith is part of a super team, he's your starting shooting guard, right? He's like the fifteenth best shooting guard in the league, right? You know, right. Kyrie Irving. You know Kyrie Irving's name because Kyrie Irving plays with LeBron James. Right, and Kyrie Irving is, is a good player, but he's not a good defender, and he's he's, he's a six foot guard that's really good at taking his ball. Right, like his his finishing ability. It's so stupid. stupid. It's but, stupid. But okay, so my number three, Will Chamberlain. Okay, so Who, this is the guy I thought. This I thought you were saying Will Chamberlain was right ahead of Oscar Robinson. I don't think LeBron James is the most valuable player in the history of the league. It's Will Chamberlain. Yeah. Will Chamberlain is a guy who averaged 40 points a That's game. That's who I thought you were talking 
Yeah. 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 Okay. So Will is the most valuable the guy player. above him. On oh, the oh, guy. I thought you said direct. I thought you meant no. directly. No, but this is the guy who I thought, and apparently the guy. He's the most valuable player. In the history of the league. So we want to talk about career stats? Let's go. 30.1 points, 22.9 rebounds, 4.4 assists. I assume he's your number two, right? Yeah, he, okay. he's coming up. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Go ahead. Give me the numbers. In up. 1961, he averaged 50.4 points and 25.7 rebounds. His first two seasons, he averaged 37 points and 27 rebounds. His first, his rookie year and the year following, he averaged... 37 and 27. He had nine straight years where he averaged over 30 and over 22 rebounds. So Wilt Chamberlain was seven foot three inches tall, and they don't make humans like Wilt Chamberlain. They just don't. He was so athletic and graceful, and he was completely proportionate in size. Really good in Conan the Destroyer. Absolutely, just and and. Extremely strong. He was like LeBron if LeBron was seven foot three. Yeah, that's who this guy was, guys. The numbers are sublime because again, he played in an era where there isn't the talent, and they didn't, you know, they didn't have every team didn't have fifteen amazing athletes. There was guys you could just go out and. And he started off with the Philadelphia Warriors, and he left them and went to the Lakers. And the reason why he did is because he couldn't get by. Bill Russell's Celtics. Yeah, which was a super team, an actual super team. Right, because, I mean, it was Havlicek, Donnie Nelson, Bill Coo- Bob Cousy, Casey Bill Jones. Russell, Casey Jones. I mean, they, was just, they were just st- – John Thompson was on that freaking team. All right, so anyway, so the thing about Russell was people were like, oh, he shut Wilt down. He did not. No. He never did. He, but he made it – He could play him one-on-one. Right, and he made it difficult for Wilt. Wilt would get his points, but the rest of the guys on the team – Think about the difference between right. having a guy you can – like. The reason, certain like Sabonis, Arvita Sabonis right. against Shaquille O'Neal was a guy you could put out there and they would play one on one. He didn't necessarily have to double off no. in every every possession. And it was, I would assume, again before my time, that the difficulty he gave Will was the fact that Bill Russell, you could put him out there one on one on on Chamberlain, and basically Chamberlain would get the same points he would get when other teams would double. But you weren't defending him with two guys yeah. or three guys, so, which a lot of teams had to do. Yes. That was his great. And so he, so Bill Russell blocked him in the East, and then when he went blocked to the Lakers, the he just he just ended up losing to Russell in the finals all the damn time. So Will Chamberlain should literally have the amount of rings that Bill Russell. If Bill Russell didn't exist, Will Chamberlain would have put Russell on, the, or if you put Chamberlain on those Celtics, right? He would have thirteen freaking championships. Yeah. So he would. So all right. So that was your number two was Will. My yeah. number two was is. LBJ, LeBron James. Okay, so, so we switched the two. We did. We, they split flop. I think LeBron James is, and I think he's pushing number one. I really do. I understand the championship thing is going to always stop him because he's never going to get to six. He just isn't. Not with this Warriors team in the league. He's just not. This Warriors team is too good. They are. He's got three. He'll probably get one more. But I mean, look at it. LeBron's thirty-two. He's been playing basketball for fifteen seasons. How many more really good years does he have left? Four. Right. So unless he gets carried to some late late career right. titles, right? Joins um, the Celtics in three years, or the Lakers, or whatever it is. But yeah. yes, um, I can't argue with it. And so you, if you're going to hold championships against a guy, it's easy to put him ahead of Wilt, I suppose. Um, it's just the numbers with Wilt are so sublime. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, but with with LeBron, to me, it's there's always these better teams in his way, and his finals wins have come against essentially better teams. I mean, he, he beat the San Antonio Spurs in the finals. 
and Golden State. And he beat Golden State in the finals. And so... And that Oklahoma City team that he beat was pretty freaking good. Yeah. I mean, Durant, Durant and, and Westbrook, Westbrook are two of the top and James the Harden yeah. and Serge Ibaka and Sabo Thefalosha. I mean, the team was stacked. Yeah. They should have won titles. Yes. Um, but they didn't, thanks to LeBron <coughs> in Correct. San Antonio. Correct. And, you know, those teams are in their way. Right. Now, the thing with Golden State right now is if we had the same list five years from now, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry got a real good chance of being Oh, there. absolutely they you do. You know? Yeah. Um, and so... Steph Curry has a real good chance of being the best point guard in the history of the league at the end of his career. Like, legit. Mm-hmm. He has that opportunity. Right. And Kevin Durant has a chance to be in this conversation with LeBron and Larry Bird as the best small forward. Seven foot tall small I forward. I just don't know that he'll... I don't know that statistically in his career he's ever going to eclipse right. LeBron with the with the titles and stuff like that. But so Kevin Durant's the man. Do we need to unveil who our number one best player of all? I mean, if you're if you're making a list of best and Michael Jordan's not the number one guy, I mean, I don't know what you're I don't know what you're doing. To me, the only guy you can put ahead of him is Will. Right, that's the only argument you can really. Or make. if you want to make the championship argument, I suppose you could put Russell Westbrook. Eh, nah, no, uh, no, just because he wasn't that great an offensive player in mo- some seasons. He had some good seasons, but real, I mean, I don't know. So, Jordan, for his career, averaged 33 points a game in the playoffs. 33.8. stupid, and he played a lot of playoff games. Like, 33 points a game in the playoffs. And he played a lot of games. He has the highest per-game average in the history of the league, and that's including the fact he took two years in his prime off. To play baseball. And the fact that he played two years with the Wizards when he was somebody's grandfather. Yeah, and they didn't make the playoffs. Did they? I thought they were the 8C one. They might have been the 8C one. Um, I was a huge Jordan as a Wizards fan. I really was. It was <laughs> I, I was. I'm buying you a Wizards I Jordan have jersey. Do you, you do not. I don't know if I still have it, but I had like the Jordan Wizards t-shirt. Okay. And, I'm like, like a, it was so t-shirt. pimp, dude. That's cool. I know. I, I, so I watched cool. all the Wizards games when Jordan played for the Wizards. Because I, I was not a Jordan fan growing up because I'm a Knicks fan. And he right. dumped truck the Knicks Every time. for the, his, their entire so, history. So many of his great best highlights are against New York, it's not even fun. Like, the only reason you've ever heard of John Starks is because <laughs> of the one time John Starks dunked on Jordan. Like, yeah, literally, the one time. Well, I don't know. So, all right, guys. So that's going to be our list. I mean, that's easy, the, the number one one. But that's, that's good. I think our lists were both really good. They're definitely different, which was nice. So that was good. I don't think there's anybody that you had that I didn't have that aren't in my like next two hours. Same way. Same way. Yeah, same way. So, all right, guys. So when we come back, I'm going to tell you why I have suddenly, all of a sudden, decided that I absolutely hate the Bills. It's going to be a lot of me laughing. It could be. In the next segment. Yeah. And and I'm also going to tell you why I had to come to this decision in a roundabout way. Yeah, no, I'll explain it to you later, but that's okay. So, we're going to leave you right now uh, for a break, and when we come back, we'll do that Bills thing. But this is uh, another song from Cypress Hill off Black Sunday. This is When the Shit Goes Down, Holmes. <laughs> you better be ready. You better be ready. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after this on Sports and Beer with Friends.
be ready! Black Sunday, Cypress Hill, buy the album, it's really good. If you've never heard it, and this is the first time you're listening to it, where have you been, son? God. Get into some classic hip-hop. It's really good stuff. It's probably a lot better. Although I will say, Kendrick Lamar, Drake, I mean, there's there's some good stuff out there today. I mean, you don't listen to it. That's fine. I, I'm not a guy who's like constantly listening there, to it. Maybe there's some really good stuff that isn't on the radio. Like, I like Chance the Rapper a lot. If I, the problem is like I hear it on the radio and go, wow, this is garbage, and so I don't look right. into like maybe there's some good shit on their album. I, I like Fetty Wap a little bit too. I thought he was pretty good, and I love Wiz Khalifa. Okay. I mean, I think yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah, yeah, I like him. So there's there's guys out today, but go back and listen to some Cypress Hill. Uh, I'm just like my parents and everybody else's parents. I right. just like stop liking new music. Get off my lawn. Yeah, stop liking new music. Get off my goddamn lawn. All right, but anyway, so buy the Cypress Hill album if you haven't. If you don't own it, buy it because it's so great. So right now we're going to get into our last segment. This is going to be a quicker one. Um, so kind of a for those that are not aware, which you should be by now, but if you're if you're not, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. So all of you hate me, and that's fine. Okay, because I win more than you do, and that's a fact. You can you can think it's not, but it is. I mean, I'm a Patriots fan, so you don't recently since, since the merger. Yeah, the, the most regular season wins in the history since the merger is the Dallas Cowboys. The most playoff wins they are second to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They since the merger of the 1900s and the 2000s. No, yeah, okay, so that's not. I'm going to go with my team. since the 1968 merger of the NFL and AFL. The Cowboys have the highest winning percentage in the NFL. Now they also made the playoffs 20 consecutive seasons. Early in that stretch. I'm not going to argue about the historical greatness of the Cowboys. So anyway, that's, that's not what this is about. All right. So, but along the way in Cowboys history, they, they encountered the Buffalo Bills on back-to-back seasons in the Super Bowl. and Well, let's just say they decimated them both times. Wasn't close. Not competitive. At all. I remember. Yes. Um, so, to 17 and, time, and so Buffalo Bill fans in particular hate the Dallas Cowboys. Actually, Buffalo Bills fans hate three teams. They hate the Dolphins, they hate the Patriots, and they hate the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Now, the problem with them hating the Dallas Cowboys is they only get a crack at Dallas once every four years, and they always lose. <laughs> Oh, it is. It's great stuff. So anyway, so but this week on Facebook, a meme circulated. Blaming the Buffalo Bills for the rise of the Kardashians. So the meme basically uh, came out and said, and I'm going to pull it off. This is a story from the Daily Caller, okay? The Buffalo Bills barely lost a game in 1970 by missing on a bad pass for a touchdown. That That loss allowed them to get the first pick in the draft and draft O.J. Simpson. O.J. stayed in Buffalo for a while, met his wife, then allegedly kills her, then hiring the Kardashians' father to be his lawyer. They win the case, making the Kardashians somewhat famous. Then Kim drops the sex tape and becomes totally famous. Okay, so there's a few things wrong with... With this meme. A. Now, I don't know what game they're talking about in 1970, but O.J. Simpson was the number one overall draft pick in 1969. So, in that, if, if that game happened, with the game they're actually at, then he was, with OJ as a he was on the team. Yeah. All right. So, that one's out the window. All right. And then they said they met his wife in Buffalo. Well, you got to remember that O.J. was married twice, once to his high school sweetheart, to whom he stayed married for a very long time. And he did not meet the wife that he killed, allegedly, Nicole Brown Simpson, in Buffalo. He met her in California years later. I don't even believe he was a football player anymore. I think he was retired. I think he was an actor. actor. He was doing the Hertz commercials and then the Naked Gun movies. Okay. So 
That's also wrong. Then hiring Kardashian, Kim Kardashian's father, who they don't name, by the way, whose name was Robert Kardashian, also the uh, lawyer in the OJ trial, right? Not really, no. Well, he I was, know Johnny Cochran was he, the main defendant. He was he was he was OJ's entertain. He was his entertainment lawyer. He was like an agent, basically. Now, he was part of the legal team, right, right, right. but he was not his defense attorney. That was Johnny Cock. Johnny Cock. That was among other Love guys. Fit, you must acquit. Right, exactly. If it does not fit, you must acquit. And hey, God bless Johnny Cock. So anyway, so Robert Kardashian was not the guy who won the case by any means. Now, he is Kim Kardashian's, or was, he's since passed away. He also created uh, Legal Zoom, by the way. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, he made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not mince words. Robert Kardashian... Made a lot of money. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. That family be rolling. Right. So he is the father of Chloe and Kim and all those. Robert. But not Kylie Jenner. No, that's that's Caitlyn Jenner is her father. Which is I weird. was just gonna say. Didn't she have two moms? <laughs> she does now. <laughs> so anyway, so the meme that you read on Facebook is completely and totally yeah, I think wrong. If I throw off any political commentary based on that, I'm probably losing followers. Okay. When the woman of the year in Time Magazine is a man, we've come to a bad place as a society. I get it. I understand what you're that's saying. All it's, um, okay, that's fine. We're not going to go with that. But anyway, so here's the thing. I still blame the Bills. Now, I, it, it just happened to be their dumb luck that they got the number one pick in the, in, in the NFL draft in 1969, okay, uh, which made O.J. Do you think them losing four Super Bowls in a row caused O.J. to go on a murdering rampage? I mean, maybe. I don't think he cares that much, though, to oh. be honest with you. I don't think he cared about that at all. Okay. Just, I don't... Was it the Music City Miracle that did it to him? Maybe that was it. But it was, that was way after the he... The ball had... was going forward! <laughs> so, but I, but, so here's my thing. So whatever team had drafted O.J. Simpson was going to be responsible for the rise of the Kardashians. Oh, thank God it wasn't New England. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, O.J. did... Now, just... For Buffalo people, he that wasn't the only team he played for. He also played for the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. But the look, his career, the, the he's a bill. Career, he's All right. a bill. So the I do. So this ball. is if if this is your reason for hating the Bills, God bless it. That's fine. Just make sure that you're not doing it because you read this stupid meme, which is literally I don't know how much more wrong the meme could be. I think it's awesome they got such a basic fact wrong. Like and that everyone they got like five game. basic facts wrong. I just mean the whole like the game happening after his draft. I mean, like and it just everyone just starts reads. My nephew David, uh, who is uh, you know he's he's a, we love you David. But right, he's a young guy. He's not an older guy. He's a young guy, so he was not alive when any of this shit happened. And he just assumed. I mean, he was basically an infant when OJ killed Nicole Brown allegedly. When I read the meme, I assumed it was correct. At least the basis. Statistics. When I read the meme, I immediately knew it was incorrect right. because I knew that OJ oh. was the number one draft pick in 1969. By the way, when I was not alive. Yeah, well. Okay, I was not alive. You care more about the draft than I do, too. Right, I absolutely do. I knew I knew that OJ Simpson was drafted in 69. I didn't even know he was the number one pick in the draft until I read the meme. Oh, my God. But my, that's kind of my point. It would have been any number of other teams. Whoever had the number one pick in that draft was taking OJ Simpson. Because <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Because, wow. I know he played at USC, and he was amazing, and he had a 2,000 year like, season. And, okay. OJ yeah. Simpson is a horrendous human being. Maybe one of the worst human beings who was, like, not like dictator, like, who yeah, kills he wasn't everybody. Like, yeah, Hitler yeah, yeah. Or, or Pol Pot. Solid, or, right. Okay. But, but as far as, like, just an, an average human, he's really bad. He's an awful human. 
awful. I'm just, but I told you I was going to laugh a lot in this segment. I'm but as a football player, oh my god, was he good? Like really, really yeah. good. Like he was the only reason to go watch a Buffalo Bills yeah, game in the seventies. Really bad. Yeah. Really, really bad. But he was really good. He was the first player to to run a, to rush for two thousand yards in a season. Yep. He did that in a fourteen game season. Yep. That's crazy. It's crazy. So that means you average almost one hundred and fifty yards a game. Yes, one hundred and fifty times fourteen is twenty one hundred. Right. So almost you basically average one hundred and forty five yards a game. Right. That's stupid. And just go back and watch film of OJ. He was just so great and fast and big. And, like, I mean, what people look at, like, young Ezekiel Elliott and how he just does everything, that was OJ. That's who OJ was. Great. Just that good. But uh, he also uh, allegedly killed people and is in prison. I'm going to go away from allegedly and say that he killed people. Like Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman, I believe. He was acquitted of those charges. People. He was acquitted of those charges. He is in prison for um, some kidnapping. Some, some uh, robbery shit he did in Vegas. Unlawful imprisonment. <laughs> I mean, what an asshole. Dude, do you remember when that happened? Do you remember what his, def- his defense was to the police, what he told them? Well, I talked I about it was okay. My lawyer said it was okay. Yeah. Your lawyer said it was okay to hold people at gunpoint and demand stuff. It's normal. I mean, that's probably fine. Right. Anyway, OJ's horrible. The Bills suck. Congratulations. Hate the Bills for the right reasons, though, not because of that meme. Okay. Hate them because they are mediocre. They leave you wanting more every year. They are worse than the Browns. And here's why. Not record-wise, not, because they actually try to give you a little hope. And by the, the way, the guy with the fishing pole with the dollar on the By the way, the Browns have made the playoffs in this century. Yeah. They have. They know. Buffalo Bills are the only team that has not made the playoffs in this century. It's so shitty. 1999. Who's their quarterback going to be this season? Tyrod Taylor. You sure? 100%. Is he not battling it out with their eight draft picks that they should have used on quarterbacks? <laughs> He should be, but he's not. All right, guys, I want to thank you for joining us. Yeah, it was fun today. We had a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully we get Steve and Delvin back in here uh, soon because Mike and I have been carrying this thing, and my, frankly, my back hurts. I really enjoy Steve's commentary because he's so knowledgeable about baseball. And Delvin's just funny. Delvin's a pleasure. Yeah. But we haven't had him on in months. So months. Like, yeah. So anyway, uh, so we're going to leave you now. Uh, I will remind you also, we're going to play some more Black, uh, some more Black Sunday by Cypress Hill. Again, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, wherever you buy music, buy the stuff there. Mike, you can follow on Twitter, at Mastrolio123. It's very snarky. You get a lot of uh, Syracuse and New England Patriots stuff out of it. It's great. Also NBA stuff. What was the thing? Uh, you you just commented on a poll that had two players. No. Who would you rather have I this know, guy? It wasn't players. It was who would you rather have your team president? Oh. <laughs> Phil Jackson or Isaiah Thomas? His answer was No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so follow Mike. He's good. You can follow me at Duckman for real. Also follow the short of the show at Sports Beer Show. Okay, and we will see you next. Hopefully next week. I think Saturday would be a good day to do it again. Uh, yeah, because we got the MLB All Star Game coming up, and we do need to get together on what we're going to do for NFL, which is coming. But uh, again, we're going to leave you one more black uh, song from Black Sunday by Cypress Hill. The song is "I Ain't Going Out Like That." But we are going out. We're exactly going. We're like that. going out exactly like that. Again, thanks, folks, for joining us. Uh, we are Sports and Beer with Friends, and we will be back with you sometime in the very near future. All right, guys, have a great time. Thank you.